And it came to pass that Saint Victor was taken from this place to another place <laughs> where he was laying upon pillows of silk and made to rest himself amongst sheets of muslin and velvet. And there stroked was he by maidens of the Orient. <laughs> For fifteen days and nights stroked they him, yea, verily, and caressed him. The soles of his feet licketh they, and the upper parts of his thigh did they anoint with the balm of forbidden trees. <laughs> and with the teeth of their mouths nibbleth they the pointed bits at the top of his ears, yea, verily, and did their tongues thereof make themselves acquainted with his most secret places. <laughs> and for fifteen days and nights did Victor withstand these maidens. But on the fifteenth night he cried out, saying, This is fantastic. <laughs> oh, this is terrific. And the Lord did hear the cry of Victor. And verily came he down and slew the maidens and caused their cotton wool buds to blow away and their Kleenex to be laid waste utterly. <laughs> and Victor, in his anguish, cried out that the Lord was a rotten bastard. And so the Lord sent an angel to comfort Victor for the weekend and entered they together the jacuzzi. Here endeth the lesson. <laughs> What's the moral of the story, Bob? <laughs> Get what you can. <laughs> Flaunt it while you got it. <laughs> Bobcast. Bobcast. This is the feel of the gut torn city. This is the repetition of work, sleep, eat, sex. This is the life seen in the buskers. This is the search for meaning. This is for those who are open minded. This is for anyone who likes to chill. This is for people who like our music. This is for people who don't. This is not for racist dickheads. This is not for the money alone. This is not better than anything else. And it's not worse than anything else. This is the sound of the city. This is the sound of culture. But most of all, this is what you want it to be. Welcome to another episode of D. Spain. <laughs> Today on the show we have Mr. Kurt Robinson, aka Hello. Churd Zoo. How you doing? I'm alright, how are you? I'm fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so, and today we'll be talking about various things. I think there's going to be a bit of focus on the legal system and the courts and different ways you can... My old friends. Yeah. <laughs> you guys go way back, don't you? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> well, I thought you went back at least to that first notice they issued. Yeah, that's right. We're at least three notices in our relationship <laughs> now. Anyway, so I'm going to pass the mic over to Mr. Bob and he's going to conduct this interview. <laughs> so, Kurt, just for our listeners' benefit, I mean, how do you, like, fit into... I mean, how did you meet Link? How do you know the, the crew? All right. Yeah, I met I met Link about five years ago at an open mic night, and we were both emceeing and spat some mad-ass crazy rhymes. <laughs> Standard. <laughs> yeah. And then we worked on some music together, so I made um, produced some beats for his album and shit. I always remember the, um, the we were in a train at yeah. one point. We were in yeah. I'm not, that was after the yeah, mic, right? Just as a coincidence, because I was going to check out a martial arts dojo, which I never ended up 
fight a training act. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much and what happened with most. most <laughs> 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 <Yeah>. <laughs> it was all right though. But anyway, so I was going to Thomastown. Never go to Thomastown. But anyway, and you were on the train, so yeah, that was, that was the magical. That was how I'm linked up. I just remember it as one of those conversations <laughs> where we said a bunch of potentially inappropriate things in public in front of like in very close proximity <laughs> to a lot of people and then my favorite conversation it wasn't like we were you know swearing heaps or or talking about you know having sex necessarily we were just saying things that the general public wouldn't normally <laughs> say in public places and i, I re- they're my favorite conversations in training <laughs> so yeah best buddies ever since <laughs> well, you gotta you got to wake some people up. I mean, they're going to go to work and they're going to talk about you in front of the water cooler rather than what they saw on TV last night. So you've had an impact on someone's life. So that's all good. But I like that synchronicity aspect. It's yeah. Just, you know, how that all fits in together. Yeah. So, and then from there, you just kept in touch or you, you, you did more open mics or... No, I'm I know you did the um, creator track on Link's album. Yeah, yeah. AMC'd on it and... And uh, but yeah, I've, I've made like how many beats off that one? I don't know. You made a bunch. Like uh, uh, I f- thought my head would be somewhere between six and eight. But you change them so much that they're, no <laughs> they're it, completely yeah. different. There's but a couple of tracks that he's not aware that he had anything to do with <laughs> the original production of. If I hear it, I won't know. So yeah. yeah. And I mean, we we that was a lot of fun. Though. We like basically hung out through that for for quite a while, just making the beats and getting that all sorted. And then it wasn't until a few years later when um when i started i guess we all started getting into this whole sovereignty thing that um that that's just sort of came out more like originally we didn't really talk about that much because i don't think either of us knew what the fuck it was no no had no uh, yeah i'd only heard about it um yeah so i got into the into interest in the the legal systems and stuff through bob and uh just when we were at at uh, Link's birthday party, like it was like two years ago now, or eighteen months ago. Yeah, was that at the convent or at Munster House? That was at the convent. Yeah, yeah, that was the first time. So was that the first time we met? Yeah, yeah, okay. I believe it was. Yeah. So I must have made an impression then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, this is very interesting stuff. So, yeah. I remember that night. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and you, you write your own stuff. You produce as well as an MC. You run Trouble in a Bubble. Yeah, troubleinabubble.com. It's a, a website full of my crazy ramblings, stories about me picking up girls and old sort of weird opinion pieces and some free books to download there on everything. All right, so if our listeners find you interesting, they can check out your own stuff at Trouble in a Bubble. Yep. All right, so for, just for our listeners' benefit, I mean, free man, straw man, um, common law... Can you help define maybe some of those terms? Okay, I, <laughs> I can. I think I might need a bit, a bit of help from you, Bob. But, but um, so freeing man, people, uh, I, I don't really describe myself as a, a, a free man, but this is a, a, a word that a lot of people use uh, kind of to describe a person who's, who is interested in law as a hobby because they're interested in how they can be more free in their own life. Uh, for example, we're all subject to a kind of legalized theft, which is normally called taxes. So a lot of people are interested in not having their money stolen, uh, which is completely understandable. So a free man is, uh, is the word for a, a person who 
investigates the legality of, of these kind of things and the lawfulness of these of these kind of things. A straw man is an idea which uh, I'm, I'm still not entirely sure of the veracity of it, but it's an interesting idea nonetheless. So it's the, the idea is that when you're born, a corporation is created which has the same name as you, uh, which is has the letters of your name all capitalized. Capitus Diminutus. Yeah, in the Roman, yeah, in the Roman system, capitus. Which means that you're sub. Yeah, sub. It's the lowest form. Yeah, the lowest. Having your name all in capitals. A slave, or yeah, yeah, indentured servitude or something. Yeah, Uh, and and so because the legal system can't act on you directly because you're a human and you have rights, they create this uh, this straw man, which is like like you would use in a, a, a logical in the uh, like Monopoly piece if you play <laughs> you're the player but you, to play Monopoly you need to have a piece on the board yeah yeah so if they wanted to if they want to act on you in this game then they have to have the straw man there to take you down <laughs> alright and this is um, when you're actually identifying who you are and this, mm. this maybe before we go too into that um, if you choose to go down this path, this is something you would not use a lawyer for. Is that right? You, you would lawyers would not support you in this sort of thing because they're right. part well, of that game. This is. I'll tell you this little story about when I when I was in court. It was my second court appearance. There there was a a fellow there, um, and he had a, a badge on him which said something like uh, barrister on duty, something like that. And he came up to me, and and uh, I, I even saw the prosecutor point me out to him, and I thought that's kind of weird. He came over to me, and he said, "Oh, so I'm the barrister on duty. My name is Bart something or other, and I, I represent people who don't have legal representation." And I asked him, "So, um, I I said, oh, well, I don't think I'll be needing your assistance, uh, but I asked him a few questions, uh, like, let's see." I asked him, I'm trying to remember what I asked him. Because <laughs> asking questions is the key, isn't it? Yeah, Rather well, that's how you, questions, you, how you ask discover the truth. Oh, yeah. I, I said to him, this is, this is the thing. Uh, a, a lawyer's first allegiance is to the court. Um, he, they, as part of the law society, they swear an oath to the to the court system or some, something like this. And I asked him, so your your first duty is to the court, isn't it? It's not to me or to a client. And he said, well, yes. <laughs> he was a little uncomfortable about it. And he told me, but that just means uh, if I have information, then I have to supply it to the court. And I said, oh, well, okay, uh, you're probably right. But that's not all that it means, is it? And he <laughs> he didn't answer my question. He turned away and and uh, he's like, uh, "So you don't want my help then?" <laughs> I'm like, "I don't think so." <laughs> so there was, I don't know exactly what he was hiding, but the the kind of thing is because lawyers are part of this this law society and they need it to to continue in their occupation. They're reliant on it. They're subservient to it. Um, and they can't serve the the interests of their clients first, even if they if they knew a different way of of tackling the problem, which didn't involve statutes. 
they couldn't practice it because it, 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 they would probably lose their job. So, just on, what, what exactly is a statute? Okay. So, Black's Law Dictionary defines a statute as uh, an act of parliament which, uh, which has the force of law with the consent of the governed. So, uh, the, the idea is, um, from, from what I can tell, it's <laughs> at this point anyway, the idea is that it needs you to agree to it. It's like the, um, the maxim of law uh, states contract makes the law or consent makes the law. You can't, uh, and, and this, is, this is one thing, because in the, in the Roman system of law, they didn't really have public laws, only private laws. And when when someone was sued or, you know, taken to court, it was normally a private matter. The system of common law developed through uh, through this, this arbitration of person to person, a, a member of the public to a member of the public. Uh, the, they didn't really have laws which which governed people as we do in these days. And that's I'm I'm still not sure the how that it fits in, but I think that's something to do with the way we're getting screwed here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, initially the court was brought in as an arbitrary system. So if you and yeah. I had a disagreement, we would try yeah. and work it out between ourselves. Yeah, and it would be when the communication between us failed mm. that we would then use the court mm. to settle that. So statutory regulations are pretty much like a company policy mm. that um, applies to employees. Yeah, and it's interesting too. Is when you were talking about your uh, barrister or your defence lawyer or, or whatever. Yeah, um, it's just like the HR department at work. All oh, right. I mean, if you've got a problem <laughs> with management, they encourage you to go to HR. Mm. Yeah, who pays their paycheck? The same the company. company that you've yeah. got the, the beef with. Yeah. All right. So, bearing that in mind and getting back to your representation in court, is there much? difference is it like an employee employer relationship then or is it something different oh okay well uh if my employee if my employer talked to me the way a magistrate talked to me i wouldn't be working there much longer <laughs> they they don't in my experience they don't seem to recognize normal social uh you know acceptable behavior they seem to behave in a way that's quite outside of that. They're very aggressive. Um, by the way, they, you... they treat it as their own personal little show, and they you've got a part <laughs> to play. And if you don't play the part they want you to play it, then they get fucking angry. Yeah. <laughs> Did you experience this yourself? Yeah, yeah, a few times. Because a lot of there's a lot of information out there on on Freeman and mm. you know, things to do. Try this, try that, and a lot of it is is in theory. Mm. But you've actually you've been to court, you've actually had a case, and you've gone down this this avenue. How did yeah. that go? Well, I've tried it, yeah, and it was um, in <laughs> in some ways it was a bit of a train wreck. But and uh, but I I noticed a few things about it that uh, that were very interesting and which indicates that there probably is a lot uh, some truth to to a lot of ideas that that are in this free man movement um by the way i, th I think we should just say like give a disclaimer to say we're not 
lawyers or, you know, we can't give legal advice. No, none of what we say is legal advice. We're just... <laughs> yeah, that's actually one of my favourite quotes, especially when dealing with the police, because uh, <laughs> only lawyers can give legal advice. And you're is that by statute, though? No. <laughs> you're in a shitload of trouble if you profess to be offering legal advice. Even a judge cannot mm. give you legal advice. It is the whole sole domain of lawyers. Mm. So when police are suggesting that you do a certain thing to prevent certain consequences, yes. you hit them with the question, oh, are you offering me legal advice? <laughs> and watch them backpedal. <laughs> Yeah, and you, you can see in some of those videos, like I know there's one, there's one video where uh, the, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police come up to this woman, they're trying to evict her, or, or the, some, some um, company men are trying to evict her, and the RCMP are there with her, and, and uh, he comes up to her and shows, she shows him the documents, and, and he's like, well listen, I'm not giving you advice, but, <laughs> and you know what's going to come after that? It's a whole bunch of advice. <laughs> That's Anything why after said, the word but. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't make it any less advice if you preface it with, I'm not giving you advice. <laughs> um, so just as far as using, if someone was interested in taking this path themselves, um, common law, this goes back to the Magna Carta, or is this is this is a Commonwealth thing, as distinct from like American law? With right, how yeah, we well, sit. Okay, yeah, right. Well, as I was like I was mentioning before, <coughs> excuse me, with the with the Roman law, that's where I, I'm not big on the history, but I believe that's where common law first started because the people were relatively free. They didn't uh, the the courts that they had were were there to help them out. Uh, so that's where they developed the system. It wasn't um, it wasn't like a big controlling system, but just a system that developed naturally over time. Um, but the thing is, um, like you're mentioning different jurisdictions, uh, like the Magna Carta, like, like in Britain uh, and, and America, m most um, legal systems in the world are common law jurisdictions. Um, and most of them have all all of the same provisions, like certain things, um, maxims of law that come into it. Like uh, a man cannot be uh, a, a man cannot be bound to testify against himself, or habeas corpus is is a big one. Like the the right to to uh, a speedy trial, I guess you might put it, um, and. Uh, People kind of. Sorry, yeah. when, you, when you say the right to a speedy trial, like as opposed to, I, I thought a fair trial was what I would. <laughs> yeah. Right, a fair trial. Yeah, a fair trial. Uh, hopefully, you have the right to a fair trial as well. But habeas corpus, uh, it's a Latin phrase which means you have the body, and uh, so the it, it's a it's a legal process which secures the right for a trial to people as opposed to just holding you indefinitely without having a trial. So it's a right to a trial, speedy or otherwise. <laughs> uh, well, what it, what it means is, I'll break it down. Uh, say if, if I um, get caught by the police today, they arrest me and they decide not to charge me. They're holding me in their basement. They've kidnapped me. Um, and you, Link, come up and uh, you write out a document of, of a writ of habeas corpus and it says to them, 
you have this guy either release him or uh, try him or release him they ha you have to do one or the other that's what the document says yes okay. and that's the uh, that's uh, a right that we have in the, to to live in a free society it's like it's a staple of a free society because if we don't have that then you have things like well you have Guantanamo Bay where they uh, where they lock people up and and detain them indefinitely hear a lot of stories and mm. uh, again more so probably in america than here in australia yeah. but um you know post 9 11 for our protection against the evil terrorists and all that yeah. people are being detained is that because they're ignorant of of this law or i don't know well a, a lot of people will say like you know you have the the national defense authorization act in the united states and that's uh, the the way a lot of people describe it is this is a, a law or a statute which declares the American land, the, um, the land of the United States, a battlefield. And it does mean, it says that they have the right to detain someone without a trial. So it's basically suspending the, the right of habeas corpus. Uh, uh, and I don't know if, even if someone is fully um, educated on this, I don't know if it would stop you because you because ca you can't you can't yeah, stop America, a gun America's with a, uh, a crazy with a put. So I mean, since since yeah. Bush and Obama have pretty much stripped them of their rights, but yeah. here in Australia we haven't sunk that sort of low down the the tar pit yet, have we? No, well I hope not. But I know we you know we you and me kind of have our viewpoints on this, uh, but uh, I I think uh, our legal system is well I think it is corrupt to some extent but I, I think you can still get a more of a fair trial than you can here in the United States uh, I, I think you can get something but <laughs> but I wouldn't exactly call it completely just but we don't we don't yet live in a complete police state um, though it's <laughs> it seems like in Melbourne every couple of months they're hiring more police to put on the streets and I, I don't think that spells anything good yeah well you know for our protection yeah exactly totally for, our, for our protection yeah but um, it's it's not so bad I mean um, like we were up in Sydney a couple of years ago yeah on tour and yeah. like I was just amazed up there just the train station you get off at Central and there's police and dogs 
everywhere sniffing mm. people pulling people searching people mm. and you can't go past no Newtown or something like that. you can't go past the corner without seeing gangs literally of police you know, yeah. seven eight of them all, all together just and you know the dark blue uniforms that they don't look like they're there to protect and serve they're yeah. there to intimidate to out shit <laughs> yeah. well That's I had a, this I had this lyric I wrote a few months ago uh, it was like do you real uh, do you really feel safe with an armed gang surrounding you with nobody else to hold them accountable so <laughs> it's like the like you say they're gangs um, if there's there's not a whole lot you can do if you have a complaint with the police or you know, maybe there is, but through this stuff. Yeah, well, actually, one thing I really <laughs> liked, um, that Mardi Gras assault that yeah. occurred. I mean, if that hadn't gone viral on Facebook, okay, no one would have found anything like that. And one thing I really liked about all the media attention that that got was the police commissioner himself mm. stating on the news, for the record, you do have the right to film police. All right. They do not have the right to tell you to stop filming which is the first thing they always do. Stop filming. You do not have the right to... Yeah. The police commissioner himself just laid that flat out. That's so good. if if you see someone on the... I mean, listeners, look, if if you see someone on the street getting hassled by a gang of police, whip out your mobile. Start filming it. Hey, I mean, you could be saving someone's life. Yes. But, um, yeah, this is the age where, like, the, the media is not going to represent you. You need to represent yourself. With social media networks available to us, this 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 is the way to go. Hmm. Film these bastards breaking the law. Hmm. Make it go viral. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, yeah, um, it kind of reminds me of a. Oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, I was going to say it, re- it reminds me. Um, there are a few cases in New Zealand, uh, and. Um, you know, New Zealand is uh, rated as the, the most free place on planet Earth right now, or the most free country. Uh, and uh, there were a couple of things which which um, made me believe that's actually true. Uh, I remember there was a case about, this was about three years ago, there were these two guys, and I think one of them was a professor or something, they were, they were old, kind of old guys, like 50, 60 years old, and they, they um, noticed that there's this there's a satellite dish or something, uh, uh, um, an army base which has direct access by the United States and the United States can use th- these um, these materials and resources as they see fit. And so what these two guys did as a protest, they, um, they made up a, a big banner or s- some kind of plastic sheet. Um, they, they go into this facility and they hung it across a satellite dish. And uh, what happened after that they they um, turned themselves in and um, were arrested voluntarily. Uh, and in the in the court case, what happened was they said, well, yes, there are there are laws that protect property, and there are laws that protect people. The laws that protect people are more important than the laws that protect property. So the the United States was using these resources to to uh, bully other nations and and cause wars, kill people. Uh, so the protest was deemed kind of valid. The, the people, the, the two protesters were, uh, were found not guilty because their actions were in good faith. Just defining that like here in Australia, that is we actually only have 
three criminal laws that can make you a criminal. Mm. I mean, killing a person, hurting a person, purposely defrauding a person. Mm. If anything other than that is a statutory regulation yeah. that you must consent to to be governed by. Is that right? Yeah, well, I, <laughs> that's a, that's your take on it. I don't know if I'd say it exactly like that. but it, Well, this is your it. show, bro. Tell, <laughs> tell, tell us, tell us what, what is your take. Okay, all right. Um, okay, so, because it, it's kind of a, a wishy-washy area because you can, um, the way that they've defined crime these days is uh, rather different to perhaps what would traditionally be seen as, as a crime. Obviously, if you punch someone in the head, it's a crime. If you steal something from somebody, or you you lie in a contract to to steal to you know defraud someone of their money, that's a that's a crime. Uh, but then they say you know they set up the Crimes Act and say uh, this is the, the it's a crime to possess marijuana. I I mean I don't really think it is a crime, but uh, it's what's accepted as being called a crime, which is which is a way they get you because what the, what is accepted it ends up being I don't know, I and what a common error is law, if you might put it. But okay, so you've you've heard of imagine you watch some of Dean Clifford's yeah. material? Yeah. And um, I mean you mentioned because you mentioned the word act during yeah. it. I mean anything that is an act Mm. including controlled substances act mm. anything with the word act is a statutory regulation yeah. as opposed to a law yeah is that right yeah yeah that's right well uh, uh, but then it's uh, I, I don't know come to think of it I don't know what the definition of the law is but I guess it would be um, what the what's used in the maintenance of of order in society or something like that and what what's used to to punish people who get out of line or something you know um yeah i I think what's interesting about all of this is the law is a game of words essentially it seems Mm. to be what's going on so and when you make statements like the only three things that are criminal acts are to hurt to steal to defraud Mm. that's all good on paper however reality is far more complex yeah so there seems to be there is law it is as it is written which is like there seems to be some kind of fundamental law that people call upon like common law the whatever and then there is this evolving law of statutes and and things that sort of get brought into place by government and then there is what you can and cannot get away with (laughs) on the street without a policeman around there's what you can and cannot get away with with a policeman around there's what they can and cannot get away with when yeah. you are ignorant yeah. of your rights what you can they can and cannot get away with when you are not ignorant and then mm. force brute force like yeah. the brute force seems to be the x factor that can make the letter of the law completely irrelevant it can make laws come into power or come into place so i think it's interesting when i see you guys talk it seems that's What's still not defined yet is what we're actually talking about <laughs> or, or which, which level. And yeah. perhaps um, when we're referring to these things, we need to put them in context of a situation. So, do you know what I mean? Like, it, it, like if we're talking about something, we need to say, <laughs> in Australia, as a being, if I was to do this with a police officer, what are the 
What's, what are yeah. potential outcomes? St- they're still going to treat... If they believe it's a crime, they're going to treat it as a crime. Even if we don't... Even if we know it hasn't hurt anybody. I, know, I mean, I know I subscribe to that philosophy. No, if there's no victim, it can't be a crime. It's not a crime in my book. But Where's people are going to... party? Exactly, yeah. But that's what, like, Link is saying... Um, it reminds me of that saying you say... Um, a right not exercised is a right that doesn't exist. If you, if you, um, they can get away with it, then uh, then that's what's going to happen. For sure. They, yeah. If you don't know your rights, they're not going to uh, let you know what they are. Yes. <laughs> Police aren't going to educate you. Yeah. So that brings me back to a, a question from before. You said asking questions is the key. Now, mm. I'm going to put this to you, but I think we're going to have to go back and really explain the story of what you were charged with Mm. and then the process because from my understanding what happened to you uh, asking questions was not the key that you needed uh, well maybe yes and no Um, but okay let's I'll I'll, I'll say I'll say the question I guess and then let's go back to the start and see if it makes sense Um, is there a time and a place where questions aren't going to get you anywhere you have to make the statement or answer the question the way that they are not willing to answer it or make a statement which I saw you do with, which is what Bob did with some police officers one day and All right. which is from what you told me about your court experience was the, the one of the missing links there was that yeah. you were asking them to you wanted them to say something that they weren't willing to say and when they didn't say it it was it didn't exist it wasn't, it wasn't, do you know what I mean? It wasn't, it wasn't a piece Well, of yeah, I think, I, I don't know exactly which bit you're getting at. I think I know the bit. Okay, let's well, let's, let's go back and I'll tell, we'll I'll tell you, like, one, one thing when I was in court. So, I, so I'm in court for a, a, a tram fine. I was caught on a, or stopped by a tram inspector. Alleged. Yeah. <laughs> Allegedly, I was stopped. By, by, tram ins- by alleged tram inspectors. <laughs> yeah, they were wearing, I don't know, green stuff. Whatever, whatever, whatever they were. Anyway, they, so uh, uh, they sent me the, fi- the fine in the mail. I was in court because um, I ended up disputing it. Uh, and one at, at one point, the, um, the magistrate... Uh, Oh, the, the prosecutor presented this this evidence, which was an av- affidavit uh, sworn out by the chief prosecutor. And I said, well, I object because the the affidavit is by someone who hasn't who doesn't have personal knowledge of the facts, and that's a qualification of being a witness. You need to have personal knowledge of the facts. Uh, the magistrate read the document and he said, well, I'm going to allow it. Uh, because of statute, it's it's allowable by statute, permissible by statute. And I said, well, where does the statute get its force? And he said, well, the statute gets its force from uh, being passed as an act of parliament. I said, where, well, where does the parliament get their force, get, get their power? And he said, uh, it, they get their power from the people. And I said, well, where do the people get their power? And he said, well, I'm not going to take that uh, constitutional argument in my court and uh, if you don't like it you can appeal now I think if, if that at that point uh, maybe if I would have said well actually you haven't answered my question and <laughs> it wasn't an argument it was a question uh, and uh, pushed it back on him that would have been uh, I, I might have found some more answers to my question of <laughs> 
Um, so, what were you getting at when you when you asked him where do the people get their power from? What were you trying to? Because I guess the, the problem was that he was trying to pass this bit of information yeah. as a witness. Yeah. You were trying to make that witness irrelevant to the case or inadmissible. Yes. yes. Why would asking that question have led to it being inadmissible? Well, for um, I don't really know. But, Other than uh, the fact that he wasn't there and wasn't actually a witness. Yes, yes. So in in common law, of course, you need to you need to be there. You need to see things with your own eyes or hear it with your own ears to be a witness, uh, which the chief prosecutor didn't, and he probably doesn't ride on trams, so he doesn't know much about trams. <laughs> but uh, the I guess the the thing was they were, they were trying to say, I guess that the. The common law doesn't matter because they've got this statute to override it. But um, I don't know where the the force of the statute comes from. They can, and if it if it comes from the people, as he said, it's from the people. Well, why isn't that power inherent in me? Well, I'm one of the people. I should I should be able to say whether that um, statute applies or not. Yeah. How did that go? <laughs> well, it's, he he bamboozled me. He said that stuff about uh, it, the, I won't accept that constitutional argument, and and uh, you know you don't like it, you can appeal. And I I, I guess I buckled to the pressure, which is, it is a high pressure environment. So that's mm-hmm. that's how you know how they get you. Yeah. So I mean, and was that the the clincher? What was the pro- what did say the chief prosecutor? What was his witness testimony? Uh, so that th- that document that they were entering in was technical specifications about a tram, and I don't know why this is really necessary, but it it appears that they can't have a case against me without having these specifications, because the magistrate was very determined to get it entered as as testimony. <laughs> Literally, are you saying that the document? Did you read the document? Have you? Got yeah, I browsed over it. I didn't. I I, I didn't read it, but I, I scanned through it. And it was essentially saying trams are five meters by that kind of thing. Yeah, this this was a you know a class eighty tram and blah blah blah. It's yeah, it's this long. It carries this many passengers and it, and it runs on this the route. Okay, sure. So again, you were charged with not having a ticket on a tram. Yeah. Okay, and the witnesses to this incident were. Two, three odd, two, two tram or inspectors. Yeah, dudes in awesome jackets, looking tough hats. <laughs> cool. yeah. yeah, doing some customer service, <laughs> serving the community. <laughs> I've got a complaint. Anyway, um, so they, they, they were the witnesses. They claimed that you were on that tram mm. um, without a ticket. Yes, and then they said, oh, they rather they claimed I didn't produce a ticket because that's another thing I'll bring up to you in a moment. Okay. So they claimed you didn't produce a ticket? Yes. And then they sent that off to some department or the transport the, department? The Department of Transport, yeah. They sent it off to the Department of Transport. And the Department of Transport charged you with a Tra- crime? Trans- the Department of Transport charged me, not the Department of Infrastructure. Yeah. And um, oh yeah. Sorry, you said? No, no, go ahead. Uh, and so were they claiming to be the injured party, the Department of Transport? Or were they uh, claiming right. you... What, what, what was going on? Okay, well, that was one thing which which I brought up, and they uh, they they brought me into this court. This was a, a weird thing about it. When I when I arrived at the courthouse, and that was the second my second appearance there, 
Um, I looked my name up on the board and it said, you're in court one, Mr. Robinson. So I go to court one and that's that I met that barrister fellow. And, and then um, the guy at the front of the room, who I at first I assumed was a magistrate, though he was rather young, in, in about his 30s. Apparently, he wasn't the magistrate because what he did, I, I started asking him some questions. I, I said, uh, do you um, do I have the right to a fair trial and do, do I have a right to a meaningful trial as, as part of a fair trial? And this is a, this is a criminal charge. Uh, do you have evidence of an injured party? And he said, I don't understand the question. <laughs> and I said, well, it's it's criminal charges. Doesn't there have to be an injured party? And he said, I really don't understand what you're getting at. Sit down. And he started getting very, rather belligerent. And then uh, I, I said, well, no, I'm not going to sit down. I want you to answer my question. And he said, that's it. Off to court 24. So for some reason, they didn't want to... Um, they didn't want to hold the, tr the the hearing in this court. They wanted to bring me to another court, which was kind of, it seemed like they wanted to hide what I was doing. <laughs> it seemed very much like I wanted to hide it. In a conversation we had earlier, you did mention it. Originally, the um, there was two matters Yes. The, the same judge was going, or the same magistrate yeah, was that's going right. to reside so, over. So when I went and you scared him off for the second one, or? I don't know if I scared him off, but uh, but maybe yeah, <laughs> possibly. Um, yeah, yeah. So when I went into that that second courtroom, court twenty four, I think it was, uh, the the magistrate came out and he said, um, "This is going. Um, do you do you mind if we run them uh, one after the other?" Or he said something like this, and. Uh, then when it got to the end of that case, he he relieved himself and he said, "Okay, I'm going to go now." And and uh, I I don't really know why. I guess it's because he doesn't like people asking questions. <laughs> well, if, if, if you ask a question, um, no full disclosure being a requirement of, of any trade contract. Yeah. Which, um, there's certain answers, I guess, that they can't give you without exposing the the maritimes. Yeah. Or scam of the, of the, the whole of court the game, system, yeah. especially with the, the seas. Um, and there's, there's two courts mm. systems essentially in Australia. There's court right. with a capital C, court with a large C. Um, small C is essentially what's referred to as a star chamber, where a person right. sits in judgment, as opposed to you being judged by your peers. And, mm. and which, you know, regardless of what you're being charged with, if you really want to, you can push for that. Mm. But um, yeah, I guess there's certain information, that, and the more people that take this path, the more this information is going to start coming up in court, and the more testy, hopefully, some of these judges <laughs> are going to start getting to. But yeah. just getting back to um, Link, you brought up the point earlier with asking questions. Um, so I haven't been to court and taken this avenue, um, mm. so that's that's why I'm really interested to hear how that worked for you. My whole angle is to try and prevent that from happening in the yeah. first place. Well, I wish I could. <laughs> if I'd never go to court again, I'd be a very happy man. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> essentially, it's like, as a, you, know, you mentioned before, the police officers, they cannot act on you as a person. They can only act on you as an entity. Hmm. So they must actually prove that you are an employee of the Commonwealth of Australia. Right, but th I mean, yeah, I know, I know where you're coming from, and I think there's some basis to that. But then you, you, you. Uh, say 
you say you tell me these things about say say with the birth date and things uh, with these tram officers they got my they got my name um, the well one of the times they got my birth date but they wrote it down wrong uh, and uh, that the, the second time they didn't get my birth date at all but that won't stop them doing their administrative proceedings they don't really care so at, um, so at that level I'm like well how how much truth does the the straw man idea have because um, because the the assumption that a lot of people in, in the free man movement make is that they need to create that join that joinder between uh, yourself and this this um, fictional character this corporation of you on paper and they do that you know as you were saying the other day like through the through the date of birth or through a government identification or a, a, a birth certificate or something like that but it's it really seems like they're just going to do it anyway do you know what i mean yeah um uh, again the theory side of it yeah. is if you do not provide them with your name or date of birth and refuse to give them id they cannot act on you mm. um they are, in fact, operating under the premise of assumption mm. that you are an employee. It doesn't matter whether you mm. are or not. They have to be able to prove that before they can enact on you, which is why they need to get the date of birth to fix that. But then the reality of it is there's still nothing to stop them throwing you in the back of the van and punching the shit out of you. <laughs> so there's, there's theory versus yes. reality in that sense. Yes. But um, again, as I think as more and more people take this course of action, more and more police are going to become aware when people start asking them questions. Mm. I don't have to give you my ID. Are you prepared yeah. to swear under full commercial liability that I am in fact required to carry ID <laughs> to exercise my common law rights? <laughs> oh, are we entering into a contract? Yeah. <laughs> questions like that. Yeah. Are you offering me legal advice? Under what authority are you presuming to have power over me yeah and that's questions, a beautiful questions, question questions yeah mm. i mean i know my interactions with police uh, constant, i've never never even gave them my name just just keep asking them questions yeah so bob what interactions have you had so far with the police uh in terms of with this kind of thing okay um i used to live in a dodgy dodgy area in footscray where i could literally sit on a balcony and, and watch The Wire live <laughs> <laughs> over my back fence. Um, as an area, you know, it's just, you walk through and you see little plastic swapping hands all over the place and quite open, no one's even trying to hide it. But every now and then you just see a, a group of people walking through and all of a sudden they'd start grabbing people, throwing them down, handcuffing them. Um, so, whoa, they, you, know, you never would have guessed that they were cops. So that's, that's the areas. And they used to literally just stop people and asking for ID. We're just checking out who's mm. in the area, blah, blah, blah. Mm. And twice, just simply going from where I was going to this kebab shop that I used to pretty much eat breakfast at quite regularly. And, uh, and um, on, on both occasions, I just affirmatively let them know that I don't yeah. have to give you any ID. Now these cops are obviously aware of that because it never went any further. It's like, whoa, this guy knows what he's talking about. Let's find someone else to pick on. <laughs> uh, another occasion, uh, was actually a party I was at where the police came to shut it down due to a second they had a, appeared earlier in the night due to a, a noise complaint Was this at, at Devo's place? Yeah and um, so they went away and, and then they came back and they came back 
there's literally there was no leeway now it's like you have to turn the music off they're shutting you down and um yeah that was i thought well at this point there's nothing to lose let's go hardcore and just kept saying under what authority are you claiming the right to show down it's oh because of this police officers no no that's your occupation <laughs> what authority do you have over me yeah to instruct me and say look you have to turn your music you have and i asked the question oh are you giving me an order and that's a good question to ask as well because in a trade negotiation i mean if you go to a restaurant you give a waitress an order mm. she's going to give you a bill yes <laughs> so they cannot issue you orders so that's a good one. Are you yeah. Yeah, giving me like an order? Right. And you'll get a straight... No, no, I'm not. And, and yeah. in this particular case, they were very... Oh, no, no, I'm not giving you an order. So they were, <laughs> they were aware of that. And said, so well, you either turn your music off or, you know, I'll write you a ticket right now. And she was like shoving this book in my face. Do you want to see it? Do you want me to write it? Do you want me to write it right now? You want me to write it? <laughs> and I just ignored all of that. And the other one came down, what's your name? What's your name? Just totally ignored that one the whole time yeah. but um, and it's a, so the fact that I was given a choice can either turn your music off or yeah. these yeah. are the consequences so again yeah. I asked are you offering me legal advice to which it was literally two steps back no <laughs> so this, is, this is drilled into them pretty strongly they must be aware of the legal consequences of offering legal advice yes and at this point um, Link actually started filming <laughs> uh, and they're like, no, no, no filming, no filming. And I brought to their attention that no, you're on private property. We have every right to film, record, document. That was actually my favourite part of the thing because I'd been filming for about, I don't know, a minute or two. And the younger, it was two female police officers and the younger of the two had noticed me. But the older one was quite heavily engaged. I believe she was asking, uh, do you understand, Damon, Damon? Do you understand? And your words were, uh, no, we do not understand. In fact, I overstand, <laughs> which I thought was hilarious. Because if a police officer asks you if you understand, the phrasing to that is, do you stand under my authority? So if you say, yes, I understand, it means I submit to your authority. So it's very important that you do not understand and they are aware of that as well. Yeah, so at this point, when you overstood, um, the I'm not sure if the younger one sort of tapped her on the shoulder or something, but the older cop turns her head around and sees that I'm filming. And at that point, she then told me, hey, don't film. Uh, and, uh, and Bob said, he has every right to film. And in a moment, she turned from a fairly staunch authoritarian policewoman to a 13 year old girl in one sentence and she turned to you and said well I have every right not to be filmed <laughs> and it was the most to which I reminded that she was acting in a public capacity and was on <laughs> private property and had every right it was just I just it was just so classic just seeing it all crumble like and and seeing how uh, it was just watching the moment where it all went through her mind when she just had to dawn on her oh crap not only is everything I've just said for the last five minutes I'm now accountable for <laughs> 
but people might see this. And I don't know if she was worried about the public scene, but imagine her thought like... She would have been checking YouTube every day for the next, <laughs> week, for the next week. Maybe, but, but you know, imagine the, you know, the rest of her station, whatever. It'd be, it'd be quite humiliating for her to be, uh, to be seen doing that. But, and then, yeah, within a few seconds, they were gone. <laughs> they were there was and I, and I I agree with you the the power of filming and the power of continuing to film um, is probably the strongest thing we have because I mean it's not even just whether or not we're right or not uh, nobody wants to be judged on their actions by a film like uh, you can imagine if you were at work and everything you did was being filmed accountability no one wants that well, well, no, but I mean, and I can dig it. Like, I don't, I don't want to be accountable for everything I ever do. I mean, Jesus, God. <laughs> that, that's that's the only that's that's the power or a power that, that we have in that situation. Yeah, yeah. Well, exactly. So, okay. So that's interesting that you you've had those two situations. Um, I guess where it starts getting a bit more hectic is when they're going to take you to the station. So when you've actually committed committed an offence, I guess, let's say. So, um, say you've been done with some drugs, for example. Um, the police are going to do everything they can to either get your, your name or your details. And when they... But that's that's a kind of a thing, because in, in that case, they were trying to portray as if you were making an infringement. They were trying to claim that the that the noise was was going to be an infraction or whatever. Sure, and that's what I mean. Again, now we're, we're talking about the different levels. I'm bringing it back to reality again. So, in reality, uh, that situation there, they did. You weren't really killing anybody. You know, you weren't do, you weren't doing anything super super bad that they that they could really get you for. It was a noise complaint. You know what I mean? And even when I mean, because before they when they came the first time, I actually walked out the front. And asked her specifically, like tried to help and, and be cooperative, and said, "Hey, can can you?" Yeah, I was standing by. Yeah, well, you remember I said to them, uh, "What level can it be?" Yeah, what level is can this it be? Arbitrary level. I said, they they could not tell us what the level was that we had apparently crossed over, yeah. but were assertive that we had crossed over it. Precisely, and 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 it was and it wasn't even. I was by no means being rude. Like no, I was, you were being extremely polite and. Um, cooperative, yeah. sort of the the ideal citizen. Sort of, yes, exactly. <laughs> so, so, and that's we we tried that the first time, and they went away. But when they came back, it was like no. Yeah, and that's so that's that's fine there. But what I'm saying is, again, a different situation. You're you're out, and you've just run a red light. Okay, uh, you're in your car, and the police say, "Give us your license and your uh, blah blah blah." And at this point, you would. Okay, if you wanted to go down this path from this point, you would actually have to state that, you know, okay, so um, I'd like to see your driver's license. Why? Would you, again, opening with the question, why do you want to see my driver's license? The reply is going, because I need to know who you are. Why do you need to know who I am? Now, I have not taken this path. I've never been down this avenue and... From information that I've listened to and watched on the Freeman, whether it's Rob Maynard or whether it's uh, Dean Clifford, um, this is a very fragile area even within that. Um, now, essentially, the Constitution does give you the right to travel freely and unobstructed through the land. The Traffic Act and all the rest of it that requires you to have a license to drive and so forth 
is for you to engage in commerce on the roads. So if you are not engaging in commerce on the roads, you do not have to have a license. Mm. And I heard this put in a very, very good way. It's like a kid asking mummy for a cookie out of the jar. So mummy, can I have a cookie out of the jar? Now, you don't need special, I mean, you're not breaking any laws by taking that cookie out, but mummy says, yes, you can have a cookie. Now, if it was in fact illegal to drive, the government does not have the authority to make something that's illegal, legal. So if it's illegal to drive, they cannot issue you a permit allowing you to do something illegal. So therefore, it has to actually be legal to drive without the permit. It's, it's that, can I have the cookie ward of the state mentality. Yeah. Again, I have no personal experience in this. This is only what I've read. And people that are, uh, Canada is probably leading the, the field at the moment because Canada is also part of the Commonwealth and Magna Carta, Freeman, all that apply. Um, and this is, this is an experimental ground. So if you want to take this path, be aware that you know, if, you, if you fuck up, they will <laughs> fuck you without lube for trying yeah, well, to a, take that path. So like you what, need to well Mike research Stevens. this before you go into it. But it's, it's, it's you know, people like Kurt here are, are pioneers in the field taking these steps, which is why we're all very interested <laughs> to, to hear. So again, I've, I've highlighted the importance of, of asking those questions with the police up front. But once it like, gets past that, you're now in court, can you now put the question answering in sort of context with, with, with court? There. All right, okay. Uh, well, yeah, like, um, yeah, so I was just going to bring up um, Mark Stevens because of what you were saying. Is Mark, Mark Stevens says, uh, uh, be prepared when you go to court. You're actually, uh, you've got a date with a, a psychopath. <laughs> 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 and, you know, your life kind of swings in the balance because you've got this guy at the front who's, who maybe he could be crazy and people, uh, bailiffs and whatever, are willing to do what he says. Um, well, look, a date with a psychopath is, is scary, but they're generally the best. Yeah, it's beautiful. Anyway, yeah. So, yeah, it's beautiful <laughs> you know, if it works out well, it's going to be a good story. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, uh, well, I did try asking questions in court. Like I mentioned when that first administrator got very angry at me and and uh, also the, the second <laughs> the magistrate got very angry at me. Well, just, so, did, just yeah. before we go even more into the court, I just want to get the story again so yeah you, you were charged yeah um on the spot by these these uh inspectors no, no i wasn't charged on the spot they don't have the authority to okay. charge me on the spot they get my details and they refer it to their administrators okay um, so they they collected data as a witness That's yes all they did they sent it off to the transport uh minister of transport and then the minister for transport issued you with a fine a fine yes and what what's a fine I don't know what a fine is, but it's uh, they can't tell me, so I, I can't tell you. <laughs> but I, 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 I don't know. But it says on there, it, it never says on the fine, it never says these words. It never says you must pay. Those are three words which I will never, ever say on a fine. I've never seen it say that. But it says um, $180. Uh, it says, if you wish to pay this fine, 
then you can you, wish to you can make a payment. Yeah, if you wish, <laughs> like like an invitation. If you want to come to my party, like yeah. like it's not it's not telling you you have to. Which is kind what? of funny because like if you wish to pay this fine, and they say like if you don't pay it, we'll send you another one. <laughs> 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 yes, but then when you get when you read back further, it's it starts again into the threats, of course. So it says, yeah. eventually we're going to issue a warrant, and and the bailiff will come and and steal things from you. Yeah, that will ta- seize your property. Uh, but yeah, as it says, if you wish to pay the fine, you can do it through these methods. If you if you wish to dispute it, you can send us a letter. If you wish to have the matter heard in court, then you can fill out this form. And, uh, and and I was always like, when I read this, I think this is a kind of uh, false dilemma, uh, because it's saying if you if you want to do this, if you want to do that, well, maybe I don't actually have to do any of those. But <laughs> well, and that's why you asked, right? So you yes. then sent a a letter to the Minister for Transport. Yeah, the de- the Department of Transport. Yeah. Um. To so to you, uh, you don't have the letter, do you? No, I didn't oh, bring them. Dude, can we? Let's just like scan them or something and put them on on the website. Yeah, um, sure. I think they I'm are. Hello. Oh my god! That, <laughs> the, my favorite one ends with your pal. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think uh, the first time I, did, I well, signed them all like that. Oh my god! <laughs> it was just the, I cried. When, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, you must read these documents because um, they're just they're hilarious and and it's just really funny watching. I mean, when you get into all this stuff, you're not sure how true or not true it is, but. When you see this stuff, like you said, when you go to court and you see this stuff, you know there's something going on. Yeah, there's you know, something. Don't know what it is, but yeah. there's something. It's, it's like it's like as if you know, I don't know we've just discovered a, a molecule or something like that, and we're like, we don't, we can make more guesses we want, but until we get yeah. the microscope, we need we need to fire it with some photons and stuff, and to look yeah. at it from different angles, and maybe we'll get an idea of what it is. But but uh, I don't know. There's a, like a, a curtain in the corner, and there's a strong suspicion that uh, the Wizard of Oz is. Behind it. Yeah, and, and <laughs> fuck that guy, really. Um, <laughs> so anyway, so you send the wizard a letter, and <laughs> he, the grand wizard, the grand wizard, in his red pillow-headed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so the Klux yeah. Clan respond, and they, <laughs> and they yeah, say the case, the case officer. <laughs> um, so basically. I, I know um, a lot of people when you look on forums and stuff of them immediately skeptical about this and they say well if you send them a letter they're going to tell you exactly which statute you violated and 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 how you did it wrong and and that you're liable and and this well then no they never say that because it comes back to um, for one reason it comes back to legal advice like you were saying they can't tell you that you're actually liable for anything so um, yeah, so I, I write these letters asking, well, do I actually have to pay this? Is this, uh, do you have the authority to enforce this fine? Do you have the authority to enforce this statute? And if so, does this statute actually apply to me? Did this statute apply to me at the time of the alleged infringement? And of course, they ignore all of these questions and send you back a form letter which says something like, um, the, these statutes apply to all persons in the state of Victoria. Which just uh, asks some more questions because per- the word person has many definitions. Sometimes it refers to a, a corporation. Sometimes it refers to a, a human being. Uh, and in a, a legal sense, it's it's rather muddy. And the state of Victoria, they capitalise the, the word state and they capitalise the word Victoria. So I, I asked them, does this refer to a landmass or does it refer to a, an 
uh, a jurisdiction if it refers to a jurisdiction can you tell me if i'm actually in this jurisdiction and of course they send me back the same letter this one we've got people have to see this because like <laughs> the first letter he gets sent and then he says this once and the second letter i shit you not is the first letter with the paragraph <laughs> jumping around and i was like this is hilarious <laughs> oh yeah they God. just took they copied and pasted the last paragraph and put it up the top and se- sent it to so me the same funny. second time so. it's like it's like uh thank you my pal kurt <laughs> no <laughs> Rather than entertaining any of this, I'm just going to go shimmy shimmy sha and send you the same thing back because like you are doing to me, here is my middle finger. (laughs) (laughs) And that's all I got. Yeah. So then after I got that that back and they didn't didn't respond to my third letter, so I gave him, I gave old, old Brett a call. Brett, the the letter, that was the thing as well because the letters were signed B Simpson. So I was like, Come on, are you having a, are you having a, having a laugh here? But but no, his name was actually Brett Simpson. Uh, so I gave Brett a call, and uh, I like to kind of play these games these days because whenever you get whenever you get a bu- bureaucrat on the phone, it's going to be like the clock is ticking. You know they're going to end the the a sentence with. Look, I'm not going to argue with you. <laughs> you know that's coming up somewhere. Uh, and then probably this conversation is over. So it took... <laughs> I love it how the definition of argue is answer a question. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, and you can tell them like 10 or 20 times, well, I'm not actually arguing. I'm just answering a question. Of, uh, just quite a reasonable question. I said to him, come on, Brett, look at from, from my perspective. I send you a bill in the mail. And it says that you owe me $100. And you write me a letter back saying, actually, Kurt, I don't think I do owe you $100. Can you prove that to me? Can you show me what services you've actually rendered or or that you have the authority to, to charge for this service or, or anything like that? And I write a letter to you that says... Well, it's not my responsibility to do that. You can seek legal advice if you actually want to know that this is a, a real charge. I'm like, well, that's that's absurd. That's fucking insane, man. <laughs> and he, and of course he says, I'm not going to argue with you. This conversation is over. And uh, and. Uh, <laughs> that was the, that was my beautiful conversation with Mr. Simpson. Okay, so after the part man decided to, uh, <laughs> to to give you the run around and and so eloquently deflected your um, argument, <laughs> what happened next? So then um, I think I sent them another letter after after that saying this the same thing. I said, well, uh, well, if you're not going to answer my question I'm, I'm just going to assume that that the thing is void and we'll, we'll forget about the whole thing shall we uh and their response to that was uh saying we'll see you in court which is it, it comes back to how how vile this is to what bob was saying about how a, a court system is meant to be for arbitration so it's it's meant to be for when communication is break down it's meant to be for when you you have a last resort when you can't negotiate. So I was trying to negotiate with these guys the whole way, and they want to they they want to uh, swing fists and make threats in, instead. Just out of interest, did you actually bring that up in court that you were 
you know, why am I here whilst we are still in negotiation? Ah, well, oh, that's that's something that happened on my f- first appearance, and and I didn't pursue that in the second one, so which maybe I should have. But what happened in the first appearance? So, um, they, uh, I've got I've got this magistrate here, and uh, she says she asked me how how do you plead, and I say, well, I'm not going to plead, <laughs> um, and. She says, well, you, uh, I'm going to enter a plea of not guilty. And I say, well, no, don't do that. And she says, um, well, I'll do whatever I like. And, and I said, you can't enter a plea without my consent. And she was completely silent. So that, <laughs> that kind of said something to me. And the, the documentation that I received said that. Um, but then... Can you yeah. get the transcripts of your court proceedings for us? I don't know. I didn't look into that, but maybe that's something I, we should do. Yeah. That would be very interesting. Uh, and Friend especially who actually yeah. got out of $40,000 worth of parking fines, mm. when asked how he pl- how do you plead, he replied mm. to the magistrate, I will plead guilty to all facts presented in the court today. Mm. To which the magistrate replied, well... You know we don't do that here. <laughs> Case dismissed. And how can they give up so easy? <laughs> he had some a friend, uh, if you heard the expression, friend of the court, uh, who was advising him on the Freeman path while he was taking that, and he was quite a well-known person in the courtroom. The magistrate ah. obviously recognised him. When you say friend of a court, you mean someone who's been through to the court system over and over. It's and actually a term. It's a, a legal term. Um, that um, I really don't know the full ins and outs of it. Mm. This um, David guy, uh, I spoke at a, a conference once, mm. and um, one of the guys, the other speaker was there, it was, was him, and that's, this is exactly the sort of thing that he does. And there is a term, friend of the court. Right. That, um, you can identify yourself as on, on entry. So, like saying you're not a lawyer, you're not a part of this game. But you are a friend of the court. Right. You're like you're it, an equal. I'm not <laughs> really sure of that. It's uh, I haven't actually caught up with David in some time. It's a very hard man to get a hold of. So thanks to the power of the future, uh, <laughs> here it is. Literally, friend of the court, a person with strong interest in or views on the subject matter of an action, but not a party to the action, may mm. petition the court for permission to file a brief ostensibly on behalf of a party, but actually to suggest a rationale consistent with its own views. Such amicus curiae, whatever the hell that means, uh, such amicus curiae briefs are commonly filed in appeals concerning matters of broad public interest, e.g. civil rights cases. They may be filed in private persons or by the government in appeals to US courts or appeals. Oh, okay, well, this is American, but I, was, I guess it would probably have a similar yeah, thing probably going on. In- uh, so it's just a person helping out. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Friend of the court. Okay. A rec- in a recognised position of doing so. Right. Okay. So it's a, a, a status or a title, not just not just to some guy coming in and doing it. Yeah, you'd have to <laughs> obviously. Be, you yeah. have to identify yourself as a friend of the court to, mm, okay. to do that. Yeah. Okay. Now. Uh, oh, yeah. So get, getting back to your question about about the court. Um, bringing up my correspondence. So, so the the magistrate, um, after she she um, just uh, said nothing to my question about how I pled, <laughs> uh, she she asked me, 
she would ask me over and over, what's your argument? I said, oh, well, I'm not here to present an argument. I'm, I'm just here to present the facts. Uh, and these are the facts. I have this, this record of correspondence in front of me. These, these are all the letters that I've sent to the, to the prosecution and, and uh, to the Department of Transport. So this is, this is the negotiations that we've had. And um, she, she continued to say, she continued to ask me, what's your argument? Um, not actually verbalizing that what I was, what I was saying was irrelevant, just trying to skim over it, apparently. So that's how it seemed to me. Um, but the third time, she said, okay, I'll, I'll look at the correspondence. Uh, now, it was kind of funny because uh, the prosecutor, the, it was just some young guy, like he was still like green straight out of, um, out of prosecutor school. <laughs> and and uh, he, he's like, oh, I need to have a look at that. I haven't seen it. And it was funny. And I, I kind of wish I'd be a smart ass because in his other hand or in, on the desk, he was actually holding one of the registered post envelopes, which had sent all this stuff in. So he was, I don't know, just unprepared or full of shit, one or the other. <laughs> uh, so the, the, the prosecutor read it, handed it up to the, um, the magistrate. The prosecutor said, well, this is, this is uh, irrelevant. Uh, the magistrate read it and said, oh, <laughs> this is a constitutional matter to be dealt with by the Supreme Court. Uh, we're going to stand down the charges for six months. And I was like, "What? Well, what uh, can you explain what that means to be stood down? And she's, she basically said that we're going to adjourn for six months. It was like nothing was going to happen for six months. She's just hoping another judge would get the case and she didn't have to deal with it. That's very much what it sounded like. She just wanted to dodge a bullet and, and not have to... Go, d go down the path. So that, that shows, doesn't it, that there is something mm. going on that they just they yes. cannot afford to yes. discuss. She, she was everything is, worried that she might be liable. Is, is on yeah. the record. Mm. So they can't afford to have these things on the record, I mm. guess. Yes. Uh, but then, unfortunately, I, I fucked up after that. So, um, uh, that, I mean, that would have been a, an all right... <laughs> an all right outcome for me at that point but uh i fucked it up when the prosecutor kind of uh tricked me into agreeing to a trial within the next three months so <laughs> which i should have seen coming a mile away but uh but he got me is like invited me out into the in, into the lobby and is like all right, well, let's look, let's set this up. When do you want the trial? And blah, blah, blah. Look, how do you long, how are you going to call any witnesses? I'm like, well, hold on a second. What are you, what are you talking about? And it's like, this is a trial. This is a hearing. You have to have a hearing. Don't you understand that? And being very condescending. And I, I kind of <laughs> was taken aback. And I, sh I should have known exactly what he was doing because I've seen this, the same thing. And when I used to do door to door sales, bad and management, they use the same skills when yeah, they actually realise yeah, that they exactly. don't have anything to back up what they're saying. They just speak louder and yeah. speak over you. Yeah. But he got but he knew what he was doing though, because he was he was deliberately trying to manipulate me. He was making me feel like an idiot so he could bamboozle me and get me to agree to this next court date, which he did. So that was my bad, and that's a, I guess that's a, a pitfall to look out for. Don't trust the fucking prosecutor. I mean, it should, should have been obvious to me, but it wasn't. Kill all the lawyers. 
<laughs> That's another way to avoid prosecutors. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, the other thing that happened that day, which was my my friend Tyler, who was there with me, he found it hilarious. It, uh, the um, when when the the magistrate looked through the documentation and she saw what it was talking about, questioning whether the statute applies or not, she said. Well, it's it's my opinion that the statute does apply, and I said, "Well, that's your opinion," <laughs> and she didn't have anything more to say to it. So it was, it was like I just called her out. She was just voicing her opinion. What? There's no reason that her opinion. No room for opinions in a courtroom, <laughs> except a magistrate's. <laughs> yeah. If the yeah, if they use it in the right way. But that's what. Uh, that's what like Dean Clifford, Dean Clifford says when, I, and I should have. I think it's Dean Clifford that says it. He says, "Well, that's that's your opinion, and if you can back it up with any facts, I'll be willing to listen to them." Because of course they can't present facts. In the yes, courtroom. yes. So uh, that so that was another thing which was kind of weird, and you know, another one of those curtain moments. When you take this path, uh, I mean, as, as that, it is a pioneering field. There's there's no manuals. It's it's yeah. people are literally making the manual as they go. So you're yeah. under a lot of pressure mm. in there doing that. Mm. Imagine the adrenaline must be sort of coursing, coursing through. You, you must be having this internal fight to keep the adrenaline down because in a courtroom, as soon as you become aggressive, yeah. which can be indicated simply through tone. I mean, I can take a tone of voice with you and not actually want to physically do anything to you, but still <laughs> sound aggressive. Yes. And all it takes is for someone to interpret you that way. Yes. To be aggressive. So you've got an yes, internal amazing. fight keeping that down. Your adrenaline's pumping. You're yeah. trying to be calm. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. That, that was. I remember. I wrote. Um, I wrote something in my journal about this. Uh, this in, intense pressure in your torso, not knowing if if the fear is coming from your belly or your heart. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's pretty intense, and I've I've been in some pretty high pressure situations in my life, and that's definitely top two, <laughs> maybe number one. <laughs> yeah, so. I um, we might be able to, to add to this later on because I could possibly have my first case mm. come out as I uh, right. I allegedly did not vote in the <laughs> last local election, so we're gonna see how that goes. Yeah. But, um, what what advice would do you offer to someone who's maybe all might at this point been unaware of the free man angle? They've okay. just bent over, copped it from the cops. They've gone to court, but they had this information. Is it too late at this point, or can they still take that that path? What advice oh, would you offer? If, them? They're, if, if they're preparing for court, yes. Okay. Well, I guess the the uh, great resources that you can look at is like we've mentioned Clifford. Uh, and he has he's put up his website now so he has some information on there uh, but he has also a lot of talks on YouTube the more recent ones are the be- are the better ones I mean they're, they're all good but um, as as he develops it and has more court experience he uh, has more in- incisive ways of, of phrasing things and he's entertaining to watch and listen to as well isn't he? yes yes that's right yeah he's a, he's a funny guy and uh, and then there's also Mark Stevens, so um, Mark with a C, Stevens with a V, dot, dot net. 
uh, and he has a book called Adventures in Legal Land. Uh, he's from the United States, so it's it's slightly different if you're from uh, the Commonwealth, Canada or Australia, but uh, but uh, very very interesting stuff. And he's he he's all about asking questions, and he's been working on this stuff for a long time now, like uh, more than ten years actually. So uh, so pretty potent the the ideas he's coming out with. And he has a podcast. And uh, he's also, I think, I don't know if he's released his new book, but it's it sounds he's been. I think he's been talking about it for like three years now. It's called Government Indicted, which sounds very interesting. Uh, so he has a lot of good stuff. And let's see, uh, uh, one thing which um, which I found very interesting, which Dean Clifford recommends, is just reading legal maxims. So if you just Google maxims of law. And you look look them up and and think about what they actually mean for significance in in your life. So I, yeah, wrote, I wrote down a couple words things. that we use every day in in common conversation mm. have very different definitions in court, don't they? Yeah, um, yeah. And Black's Law would be the place to to check those definitions out. Yeah, Black's Law Dictionary, and there's also Bouvier's, uh, which is good. Um, and Bu- yeah, Bouvier's has the a list of legal maxims. I'll, I'll just I'll read a couple of these out. These are cool. Uh, like this one. Um, like we, I think I mentioned before about uh, no one is bound to testify to his own baseness, or or no one but God can can make a man accuse himself. That's one. Um, so so that's why, of course, you have. The, that's why they say you have the right to m- remain silent because you can just. You don't have to say anything that they're going to use against you, and they will try to. Oh, that's another video. Um, it's called "Don't Talk to Cops" or "Don't Talk to Police," and you can look that up on YouTube. It goes for about an hour and a half, and the first half is a professor uh, talking about what the kind of thing police will do, and the second half is is a is a policeman or ex-policeman. And he he basically confirms that everything <laughs> everything the the first guy said is true. He says, of course we tr- we try not to arrest people who aren't guilty, but we'll use these techniques on them anyway, <laughs> more or less. Uh, so that one's very interesting. Um, oh, cheers, man. And um, yeah, oh this uh, this one, yeah this uh, this maxim of law, um, actus non reum facit. Nisim mensit rea. An act does not make a person guilty unless the att- intention be also guilty. And this is a thing because a lot of people assume that that the guilty mind, or they call, they used to call it mens rea, uh, only applies in like a, a a murder case or something really serious. But actually, in common law, ideally, uh, that you have to have a guilty mind, you have to have a guilty intention to commit any crime. Okay, so can you just repeat the English translation yeah. of that, please? An act does not make a person guilty unless the intention be also guilty. We're confused, trapped with the spiders and bats in the clock tower. The bell strikes with fear raps to make your blow cold with the scenting. Clear truth swoop, unnerve your nerve endings. Amethyst dreams of the future, tainted with dust from the fake plaster man saint painted on rust. The last fall of our culture and everything past in the speckled grey rubble of the buildings of old blast. The truth 
serum Inject needle point venom The heart snake white deep marks in my sternum The pre-sermon Insane babble from the pews History's mistakes leave scars and black bruise The earth fuse set from the birth to boot Brain fuck pain marks and now the flesh tattoos Stained at the hearts of the children of the cross When intentions are twisted and the freedom is lost Never have we seen such productivity It is indeed an exciting age we live in Inspired machines that can make your dinner for you And bombs that can keep our country safe from terror Who knows what will happen next But I know one thing for sure That whatever comes will be even more exciting Than what has happened so far Some know the show and so let me show them Rhythm of the real stock hot to the eardrum Here come the bombs I choose now to pin on Blue skies and beats make brains in the back cave Blink when you think about the heat from the sun rays Some days you get the bad Some days you get the worse Some days you get nothing But the feeling of a curse Sometimes you get sad Sometimes you feel crap but let me tell you, sometimes some rhymes are better when DJ Wasabi lifts up the hot scratch. Again, that comes down to the letter of the law. I mean, law mm-hmm. was written not to nail someone for the purpose of nailing them, but mm. if a person went so far, it could be used to cover that. Yeah, That was the original intent yeah, of the law being the written, but law, now they yeah. are just nailing people for yeah. revenue purposes. Yeah, that's much. right. And that's uh, I even remember I, I when I was at the courtroom, I heard uh, one of th- one of the other p- people who were defending the trying to trying to get out of paying the fine. Um, this girl was saying, "Oh, but I, I mean, I didn't mean to do it. It was just a you know, I forgot my ticket, something or other." And the prosecutor said to her, "It doesn't matter what you meant to do. It doesn't matter your intent." Bum, bum. <laughs> lie. Yeah, it was some kind of lie, but but um, of course, from the prosecutor's point of view, she was telling the truth. Because that's how the court would treat it. They w- they probably don't give a shit about your intent. But so that's, you know, that's a, a level from ideal to, to real. It's I guess it's quite a lot of difference. And I'll just read out a couple of others here. Let's see. 
Oh, oh this was one I, I would think about with my, with my tram fine. Natural equity or good faith do not allow us to demand twice payment of the same thing. Uh, so payment, re- demanding payment twice for the same thing would be fraud. It's like if I, if I was a carpenter, I make you a table, send you a bill. Next week, I hope you've forgotten and I send you another bill. That's fraud. But that's what the government is essentially doing when, they, when, when they're trying to get me to pay for a tram fine. Because, it's, uh, because those, things are, are, those rail lines were built by taxes. Now they're trying to charge me for it. So we can't have it both ways. Yeah, so this brings up um, an interesting point is where is the ideal? of our involvement with the government and with society. So, if you're suggesting that, okay, so the, the tram lines were built by taxpayer money and, mm. and this kind of stuff, and when it was a public enterprise, they were still charging for tickets. So, mm. what should we or what can you uh, reasonably expect to have to pay for in, in terms of public infrastructure? Like, uh, would you say, sure, okay, they built all the stuff with taxpayer money, um, but they do have to employ staff. So uh, when I get on this service, unless I want to, the tram to not move anywhere, we, we'll, we'll, we'll pay a guy, he'll come along and he'll drive this tram for us. And, and, and then if, if we're paying that guy to drive that tram for us, I mean, they could either include that in the taxes or, well, maybe they just, everyone, when they get on the tram, they pay for a ticket and, and that helps pay for the tram driver. Uh, and that means we'll need a ticket guy to give the tickets out. So we'll need to, we'll need to pay his wage as well. So is that a reasonable expense to ask of your public or, or are you suggesting that if you're going to put in infrastructure of public transport, you need to pay for the entire thing with taxpayer money? Well, I, I think uh, that tax is theft. And that's the, the definition of theft is uh, controlling another man's property to and with the intent to deprive him of it so taxation is theft no like according to that definition there's no question about it uh, so what i would want is that every interaction is voluntary so i would prefer not to pay any taxes and just pay for the public transport when i use it okay fair enough. yeah that's yeah <laughs> which which yeah, well maybe which is, is that what yeah which is, I mean, it's interesting because right now we're paying for the tax and we're paying for the public transport. So, yeah. of course, that's a seemingly better situation for yourself. Um, I just wonder, I guess, this is a much broader issue, but I wonder if mm. uh, would, as a free society or a sovereign society, if it was yeah. being run the way that that the free men are currently kind of suggesting is mm. the way it should be run, I'm not entirely convinced that that would create a, a, a better society necessarily or a society yeah. that is as convenient as this one because fair enough we we get screwed around by the cops every now and then but it's a fairly convenient society that we live in at the moment it's it's, it's pretty easy to get right by. now yeah, yeah. <laughs> right right now where we are in australia yeah. so um yeah just i'd be interested to find out you know what you think uh what you think this situation um where where were they infringing on you? You know, like where where when they when they charged you with being on that tram, mm. do you think that you never agreed to get on a tram and pay for the ticket, or do you know what I mean? Like what well, what was the actually, contract or not? Okay, contract? yeah, well, you can't have a contract just for standing in a place. There's there's no such thing, except uh, except that that they force you. So um, not that they force me to get on a tram, but uh, for an example. Say, uh, if, if I park my car in a garage, 
in a not in a garage in a car park in the city and uh, I I actually I'm in there and they have the expectation that I'm going to pay do I have a contract with them just because my car is in the car park no no I don't and it's the same on the on the tram now <laughs> now of course it's it's slightly different well it's I mean it's similar because obviously in in the car park they expect me to pay and I am getting service I get to park my car there uh, on the tram I'm getting a service uh, and uh, they expect me to pay um, I don't think I'm I'm gonna pay anymore I think I've already paid enough <laughs> <laughs> so I think they've already crossed the line um, but if they, if they weren't government if they didn't have a monopoly on force then we wouldn't have to pay them uh, if they caught us without a ticket but of course it's I mean that would be a very different system so they would have to have like they would probably try to facilitate their customers which is one thing they don't do now <laughs> you know if you get on a tram with without uh, without a Mikey of uh, without the, the swipe on card then you're not supposed to ride on it um, so if you come on and you have money you're willing to pay nope you're not supposed to so yeah it's kind of ridiculous yes it is ridiculous and this is like this this is kind of like what they say about the education system like Robert Kiyosaki says the education system is the is the only um, corp, uh, company that would uh, fail to sub, fail to cater to its customers and then uh, and then call them diseased because of it. Like when they, <laughs> yeah. when, when they call, ch tell that uh, children are an, uh, um, they're, they're ADHD children, but actually it's just a failure of the school system, right? Yeah. Um, so this is a this is a similar kind of thing. You get you get on a tram, they won't let you pay, even though you're willing to pay, and then the tram inspectors get on and they charge you for it. So, <laughs> so you're saying that um, essentially you you get on the tram. And until and you've seen all the signs everywhere, but so far a human being hasn't really made you an offer. And you've seen the signs and to all the signs in the room. But what do the signs say? Actually, uh, they say fare evading is a fine. You need it does. There is one that clearly states you know you need to buy a ticket. You know, like there's a whole bunch. You all you can't I don't, put I don't feet think on I've seen one that's ever said you need to buy a ticket. I don't think I've ever seen that. Uh, I would be highly surprised if that was the case. Ticket though, you can this you just vessel. repeat it? Vessel. <laughs> so, what Bob just said is that uh, as of a certain date, Mikey needs to be provided for you to travel on this vessel. Oh, I, but I think it says Mikey is, is the only payment that will be accepted or something. It doesn't say you need a Mikey to travel on it. Yeah, well, that's but interesting. I, I, I would be like, I'm gonna, I'll check it out because I don't know. Matt, I might be, be mistaken, surprised. Actually. Yeah, I, I do remember years ago seeing it uh, in. In Newcastle, seeing uh, something that said it's a condition of travel that you hold a valid ticket. Yeah, look, I'll, I'll be um, straight up. Like, I'm gonna, I'll find proof and I'll take a photo of it and put it on the website. But <laughs> I mean, like, I'm 99.9% .9 sure that I've seen signs that say you need to travel with a ticket. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, Pro but, probably so. But what my, um, what my yeah. question is, is that so once you've got on, you've been offered all these contracts by a bunch of signs. <laughs> and to those signs, but you... they, a, a sign can't offer me a contract. Well, that's, fair enough. Okay, that's okay, fair enough. It's given me an offer uh, that's outside of contract law. Okay, fair enough. Well, oh, actually, the signs 
theoretically would be offering you a contract no. from somebody else, but that person hasn't signed or written their name on the contract. So I guess it's almost impossible to it's know who not, you're, you're It's not with. really a contract. It's just like if I were on TV and I said, the first five callers right now, will, uh, I will give you a million dollars. Is that a contract if I call? Right, if I if I'm one of the first five calls, is that a contract? I don't know. No, it's not a contract because there's no meeting of the minds. Uh, you can't establish that that I've agreed to pay anyone money. That's full full disclosure. I guess that's yeah. Okay, can yeah. you quickly just go? I think we might have gone over a little bit before, but what what is a contract? Okay, so a contract is is uh, an agreement between two parties. So. <laughs> And what? A bit up. Okay, that's the simple one. Yeah. How can you distinguish between what is a contract and what's not a contract? Are there specific things that a contract has to have? Yeah. Okay. Ah, right. So, okay. So, meeting of the minds is an important one. So, so there needs to be. Yeah, it's. <laughs> I'm trying to think how to define this, but I don't. This might help. Yeah. Another friend of mine who's also currently dealing with the same um, mob of pirates mm. was uh, not in contract at all with Metro Trains, mm. but simply crossed the train line while the lights were going as a pedestrian, and you're not in a vehicle. Yeah. And um, so the gates started closing, so he just ran ahead, weaved through the gates as they were closing to cross the train line. Uh, which approach he was then approached by five of these metro pirates mm. and um, basically intimidated to uh, the point to produce identification. Uh, that court case is still coming up, so I won't go into too much detail or mention any names there. Mm. But um, uh, I've already actually approached that person who um, might be doing a podcast for this scene on something entirely different. But um, back then, there was no contract at all, but this um, organisation was still trying to enforce themselves on him, even though he had no ticket, no contract, and was not using their service. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. So that, this is a... It's, it's also... A, I know another kind of thing which is related. Uh, when, uh, when I say to somebody, well, I, I never agreed not to have... Marijuana, not to possess marijuana, but uh, the go- the government expects me not to have it, and they may prosecute me if I do have it. Uh, and people say, "Well, it's a social contract. You agree to it by living in this country. Well, you can't you can't agree to a contract just by being in a certain place. That doesn't make a contract. Like I say, you need a meeting of the minds. You need an agreement. You you need not and most not importantly full disclosure. Must yeah. is a, if full disclosure is not provided even on a recognised contract, mm. the contract is null and void. Okay. So I've gone to legaldictionary.com again. I've probably gone to some American thing, but <laughs> I'm sure it's going to be vaguely relevant. Um, it says the existence of a contract requires finding the following factual elements: okay. a an offer, b an acceptance of that offer which results in a meeting of the minds. Right. Uh, C, a promise to perform. D, a valuable consideration, which can be a promise of payment in some form. E, a time or event when performance must be made. F, terms and conditions for performance, including fulfilling promises. Mm. Uh, G, performance. 
So if you step on a tram, do you think you have all of those things? No. No. Uh, but so again, let's go back to my little hypothetical fun one. Yeah. Uh, so you've neglect, you've declined the contract with the various inanimate objects in the room. Well, I haven't, I haven't because I haven't Made really... Okay. Yeah. So oh, I, okay, I guess... We're, we're, okay, you can class it as an offer. Okay, fair enough. And um, we're, we're saying I've, I've no, ignored because, it, yeah. Because as a human being, you've decided that inanimate objects are not really... That offering me anything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then you... Then after 20 minutes, some men or women get onto the tram claiming to be, you know, representing a party. Mm. And they say to you, where's your ticket? Right. So I guess they're still not making you a contract or an offer, are they? Uh, no, no, they haven't done that. No. Okay. And so when they get all your names and, and your details, I guess, where is the infringement? Like, where where are they claiming that okay. the infringement is being made? Uh, well, this is one thing I was going uh, I mentioned to you before. Now they don't, they're not um, they're not never going to find me for not having a ticket. They're only going to find me for not producing a ticket. So this is this this is a, a statutory thing, but this is kind of interesting. Uh, so the the reason they can't find me for not having a ticket is because if they wanted to if they wanted to de- reasonably determine that I didn't have to have a ticket, they would have to strip search me or do something. They can't really declare that I didn't have a ticket because because hey, uh, uh, in in the court of law. Uh, a witness could say, oh, well, I saw him and uh, I saw that he, he, he wasn't holding a ticket in his hand. Well, that doesn't mean he didn't have a ticket on him. <laughs> the, you couldn't testify to that. Uh, but they will fine you for not producing a ticket. Even though in the regulation, uh, it, it does say that it's, uh, it, it's an infringement to not have a ticket and, and also to not produce a ticket. Not producing a ticket is the only one which they'll fine you for. Uh, so this is funny when I'm when I'm on a tram uh, and I have I have my Mikey. So uh, if a, a tram inspector gets on and walks up to me and I'm like, oh, oh. Um, I scramble for my wallet and pull it out. I'm like, oh shit! <laughs> um, just before they say anything to me, or even after they say anything to me, it would still work. I, I swipe it on the thing. And uh, like I did this a couple of weeks ago, and and uh, the inspector says to me. Uh, you have to swipe on when you get on the tram, not when you see the inspectors. I said, do you? And she just walked off. Because there's nothing more she can fucking say. <laughs> she can't do anything. <laughs> well, the, the other day I saw the same thing. It's, uh, uh, it was just some some uh, tourists and they didn't know what they were doing anyway. But they, they swiped as the inspector got on. And the inspector's like, well, um, you, you have to swipe when you get on the tram. But you got lucky this time. And I just thought, lucky what? That's, I mean, that's, there's nothing lucky about that. That's consistently what would happen. So the key is sit next to a Mikey Swiper. <laughs> yeah, but even so, I mean, even if you're not next to a Mikey Swiper, it probably wouldn't matter because they, they would say to you, do you have a ticket? And you would say, um, let's see. You walk up to the Mikey Swiper. They can't stop you. They can't block your path or, or restrain you. Uh, then they can't chase you now either. Yeah, the, the latest. Yeah, um, Emo, yeah. The Metro Yarra They'll, trams. Yes, um, they're not allowed to prevent you from leaving. They're not allowed to block your path, and they're not allowed to pursue you if you run. Mm. Or they won't bother pursuing you. Wait, more. what? The point. Yeah, um, we'll put a link up. Yeah, on, on the uh, on the podcast. 
for yeah, this one. But basically, yeah. if you if you want to run from a tram cop, yeah, go ahead. They won't chase you. Uh, and the, I, I used to think about it. I would think, well, what if I said, I, I, what if I turned to him and said, well, if uh, if you prevent me running away, I'm going to charge you with assault. If you follow me, I'm going to charge you with stalking. Uh, goodbye, and just walk away. Well, it turns out you don't even need to say that much. You can just run. <laughs> they don't, they're not going to do anything. The other thing I find amusing about it is those uh, those stickers on the trams which say, uh, uh, an authorized officer can stop you, ask you for your name, ask you for your date of birth, ask you for your address, address you, uh, sorry, arrest you until police arrive if they believe uh, an offense has occurred. And I thought, hang on, not just an authorized officer can do those, anybody can do those, all of them. All of those things, anybody Anyone can do. Anyone can ask a question, yes. <laughs> anybody can, yeah. Anybody can arrest you. Any, yeah, anybody can ask you, anybody can arrest you. There's nothing the, the that power makes them of, special. Of, again, controlling the conversation. Asking, mm. Whoever's asking the questions is in control oh, of the yeah. conversation. Yeah. Where is your ticket? Who are you? <laughs> yeah. I'm, I think of, I'm yeah. Fred Bloggs. Where is your ticket? Why do you want my ticket? <laughs> oh, I'm authorised under this act of such and such and such and such. <laughs> oh, really? Can I see it, please? <laughs> I mean, I Can don't I see know. You here's, here's my ID. Oh, is this genuine? <laughs> yeah. Yes, it is. Can you prove it? <laughs> just, just keep asking questions, asking questions, asking questions, and with not answering any questions. Mm. That's that's the key to it, whether it's fear evasion, whether it's high pressure sales. Whether it's in any kind of environment, um, that's that's key. Ask questions. So, does anyone know uh, what happened as to why they've now made a public statement saying that they got a, a spate of assaults oh. against officers? Against officers, apparently. But, uh, but that's the that's what they say. In the that's the, the the reasoning behind it. Yeah, but you know, there was a there was a case. Uh, I think it was a while ago now, I think it was two years ago, and this this poor fellow, I think he was a bit touched, and he was on the tram, on the train, and they they cornered him, and, and, and they slammed it to the concrete or something, it was pretty nasty, and yeah, that was all on the current affair and bullshit, but, um, but that's the kind of thing that, that can happen when you get... Uh, people who think that a uniform uh, prevents them from uh, having any liability. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out they do. <laughs> even, even with the police in that uh, scenario yes. we mentioned earlier, you know, what gives you the authority? Oh, I'm a police officer. No, that's your occupation. What yes. gives you the authority? Yes. Why do you, as a human being, have more power than me yes. as a human being? Yes. Because the bottom line is, being, legally, they do not. Are equal before Legally the law. and lawfully, indeed. Yes. Wow, that's really interesting. I really love hearing that new piece of information. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, like, I mean, I have been paying for, for Mikey stuff recently. I mean, I've had a Mikey. I've just been scanning because I can't be fucked thinking yeah. about the, the effort of it. But um, I'm definitely going to go back to not scanning until they get on because yeah. I've always wanted to test that one. I've always wanted to just wait for them to get on <laughs> and then scan it right in front of them and just see what happens. Because, But then I started seeing signs that said, I remember seeing signs like, you must... Or someone said some shit about you must touch on you know as soon as you enter the with train. the train stations there's a point you are not allowed to proceed beyond yeah. without a validated 
Well, I don't know how it works now with the mic, but you know, is it? Yeah. Remember to validate before you travel in the old uh, Connex system. Yeah. But uh, when you go to a train station, uh, when you pass through that little doorway onto the platform, there is a sign saying validated ticket area. Yeah, and, and trains, you can't validate where you're on them anyway, so you're screwed with that. But trams <laughs> still kind of would be fun to play that game. Totally. Playing with a chicken with them. <laughs> well, someone, someone told me this story where the... Um, where Not the that we are... Um, Asking people to go out and do this <laughs> on um, our behalf. Aren't we? <laughs> like, is there something illegal about us asking people to potentially test their rights on public transport? I don't know. <laughs> well, we, we, we can't give legal advice anyway because we're not lawyers. That's right. This is not legal advice. This is, this is a hypothetical throwing shit around. This is a work of fiction. And anybody who believes it is a complete idiot. So we're, we're operating under the comedic podcast license. Is that, is that the Any idea? actual resemblance to real people, real events, and real government organizations is totally coincidental. <laughs> Any references to murder of uh, are used in like the hip-hop new slang version so it's like oh that's murder no, it's just it just means good it's just a positive thing murder of crows we want you to murder all the politicians we think they're rad like, <laughs> those politicians up, they give them hugs and kisses murder, murder. For us. I mean if Ja Rule can say Murder Inc is his brand then where it's official that murder is no longer it. Death Squad <laughs> that's it repping the Death Squad props to those guys so um yeah, okay, so you got sent the letters, you replied to the letters, yeah. and then you were sent a court hearing notice. Summons. A court summons by the... Well, actually, I was sent a letter first, and the, the, which told me I, to expect a summons, and then, like, two months later, they actually did send me a summons. Which is actually an invitation, isn't it? A summons is actually an invitation. Could to go to court, I've heard that. Yeah, I've heard that too. But, but what, an invitation... Yeah. With like the, and if you don't RSVP, we'll send large men to your house to invite you for us. Don't know enough to kind of, but uh, apparently that the summons is actually an invitation. Yeah, to attend. This is this is one thing I wonder about it because on on the um, on the tram fines, they'll leave the area blank and they'll say if you wish to dispute this in court, then fill out this form. And they're, they're getting you to fill out a form which says you're requesting to go to court. So I wonder that it's probably because, well, where do they get the authority from the court? Oh, they get the authority because you were the one who bloody requested it. That's also with your signature or is that yeah. to, as your autograph? Yeah. Because AU being the symbol of gold is what actually gives it value. And mm. even with, with a fine, whether it's a traffic infringement, any kind of fine from a police officer that's presented to you, they will ask you to sign it. You do not have to sign that. Mm. If you do not, there's a section on the back where he has to sign it to say that you would not sign it. Really? And by doing so, he actually accepts liability for that payment that they're trying to produce with your AU value I'm not getting my gold still tucked away <laughs> <laughs> and so when they sent you the summons uh, did you there's no point you can't respond to that summons or what, no how does I that didn't work? I didn't ask them for the summons but maybe I should have maybe I said well why are you sending me a summons I never requested to go to court that would be one 
a reasonable question to ask. And so Dean Clifford often uh, talks about winning the case before you get to court. Yeah. Uh, did you make any attempt to do that? Yeah, well, that was the idea with the, all the letters that I'd sent to the, uh, to the prosecution and also to the Department of Transport. What letters did you send to the prosecution? Okay, well, I sent, I sent several letters saying, pretty much rehashing what I'd already said. I said, well, do you have any... Um, do you have any information that confirms that these statutes are, uh, are valid? Um, it's actually it's been so long since I've gone through and I'll, I'll upload them so we can just look at them for discuss them whatever. And giggle like schoolgirls over <laughs> the content of their responses. <laughs> yeah. So you sent some stuff to the prosecutor. Um, mm. Is it? Am I, am I mixing up you and Dean Clifford? Uh, saying that they weren't going to accept something or you were having trouble getting them to accept no yeah that's right that happened so when i when i went to the court i i asked the registrar i said okay well i want to enter these documents into the court file and the registrar said oh well you'll have to give that to the magistrate and then or, or they they said something like oh you'll give it to the clerk on the day or something um so on the day I go in and I go to the clerk and I say, can you enter these into the court file? And she says, no, no, only the magistrate can do that. And then the magistrate eventually, when when I eventually got her to read them, uh, she said, I'm not going to enter these into the court file. So just after she'd said, "This this, this is a matter to be heard by the Supreme Court, soon after she said, the, I'm not going to enter these into the court file so I have to wonder which is it are they relevant or not <laughs> yeah, Dean Clifford does actually cover that and uh, he mentions like he's had arguments with the registrar right. trying to because you can submit it to the judge rather than needing you to actually speak and answer they have it already uh, in a brief yeah. form which you can yeah, submit you like by the registrar motion. before yeah. the court case and he said on a number of occasions when he's attempted to do that Many registrars have said to him, "No, you can't do that." Mm, and he's had yeah. to educate them. Yeah, so there must be some, there must be some way around that, or you just you tell them. Well, yeah, uh, actually, I'm telling you, you put this it in there. It sounds <laughs> to me kind of like when we were at Foxtel, mm. and um, we would say to people, "Oh, there is a termination. Uh, sorry, uh, a late, no, a reactivation fee." Yeah, if you if you don't pay your bill and we disconnect your service, there's a reactivation fee of. $15, whatever it was, and people would kick up a stink. And it wasn't until somebody kicked up an almighty stink uh, and we found out through team leaders that were gossipy enough um, that it went all the way to the top and it turns out that no, it's completely illegal to charge reconnection fees. <laughs> so this guy wasn't asked to do it. And then there was this kind of, I can't remember if it was told to us, or had to, but there was this vague thing from then on that we were no longer allowed to say. I, I think, or maybe it was just me. I just remember that from that point on, I never told people they actually a reconnection fee may be applied. That's right. I remember. I think <laughs> it was that we we no longer me and some people no longer apply the reconnection fee or even went down that path because we knew that if a team leader had have said to us, "Hey, you've got to get them to pay the reconnection fee," we could turn around and say, "Well, you're asking me to do something illegal, and I'm not interested in doing that." Yeah. So, um, yeah, maybe that's a similar thing with these registrars. Maybe they're, they're, they've been given the impression that you can't do that, whereas if you were to continually push it, there'd be a guy about four links up the chain who would say, 
yeah, no, just just put it through. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, like you know, if you just ring your average call centre attendant with an inquiry over a service, mm. uh, they've had two weeks to six weeks training. But no, you can't do that. No, you can't do that. And yeah, you just go up high enough until someone says, yeah, yeah, you can do that. Yeah. It's just not part of their training. They, no, they're yeah. not in the need yeah. to know basis to perform their job. Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, it's just uh, arming yourself with knowledge. Mm. No, you can't do that to me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do have yeah. the right to say no. Just Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it makes perfect sense that you should be able to file a motion with the registrar. I mean, what, are the, what the fuck are they there for, right? So, I don't know. I, I don't know how you do that. Uh, but there must be a way. Mm. And um, so then you've you've gone to your first hearing, and that was the one where the woman, the the judge, the magistrate tried to put a plea in for you. Yeah. What? How did that go? I mean, obviously it would be good if we try to get the transcripts. Yeah. But um, how did that? How did that one go? Like when you went in there, what, what from the get to the go? You get from the start to the finish. What? Okay. Well, I think I broke I broke this down with Bob a bit while oh, you, you were out did of the that? room. Yeah. Okay. So well then. Yeah. What? Um. Okay. Well, fuck my questions. Then. <laughs> yeah. This guy's retarded. Yeah, go make the coffee, bitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Apparently, if you go and eat dinner during a podcast, you uh <laughs> should no longer ask questions <laughs> without. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty. But well, um, is there anything else that you want? to cover or a highlight or something you think that maybe even something that tripped you up that you could help other people with avoiding that same trip up um well if you could do the same exact same thing again what would you do differently okay let's see um so so when I um when I get to the court um, I've, I'd first research that thing about how to get the, the um, items into the court registrar because I want them to be entered into the court file. And then uh, I would probably... I would call up the prosecutor beforehand and I would ask the prosecutor what facts they were relying on to, uh, to establish that the statute was... Um, Applicable. And being the prosecutor, is he under any obligation to answer those questions? Well, this is... Um, that's what they call discovery. So you, you have the right to discovery if, if uh, the, the plaintiff has information about the case that they're going to use as part of their case, then yes, they have to present it to you because otherwise you can't get a fair trial. And plaintiff is, of course, the alleged injured party. Yeah, yeah, that's right, the prosecutor, the, the claimant. So yeah, that's that's uh, definitely something I would do. Because this is a Mark Stevens thing, and he says then you can, then you can get into the courtroom, and the the magistrate will say, "Well, oh, hey, prosecution, are you ready to proceed?" And they'll say, "Yes, we are." And I'll say, "I object. Actually, you're not ready to proceed because uh, you've just told me a few days ago that you don't actually have any facts to establish that." Um, that the the statutes were applicable, and this is this is a thing too because um, it it's uh, it, I guess they call it an adversarial court for a reason. The, the the magistrate isn't going to be your best friend. 
the prosecutor isn't your friend. Basically, you've got very few friends in this room. Um, but you want to get the, you don't want to make the magistrate look like an idiot because it's going to be him who makes the decision. So if you can make it seem like the prosecutor is an idiot and is not prepared, then maybe you have a chance of getting away. You make it seem like the magistrate is an idiot, he'll probably just puff up his chest, get angry and, and uh, hold you in contempt of court or some nonsense. Just to uh, reiterate on that relationship between prosecution and the magistrate, mm. and something that um, Dean Clifford in particular refers to as the Holy Trinity, uh-huh. um, with the, the executor, mm. the beneficiary, and the administrative party. Are you familiar with, with that? I'm, and did I'm you not try any of that? No, I didn't. No? I, did, okay. I didn't bring that up at all. But I think that's a Mary. What's her name? Yeah, no. the, she wrote a book with like a twenty-word title. Or <laughs> you know who, who that is, Link? Mary something. Mary Croft. Right. Yeah. So that that would be something to look into. But I know because I've seen I had, Dean yeah. like on whiteboard presentations mm. draw the triangle out. Yes. and essentially prove that you should actually be the administrator because yes. the um, beneficiary cannot be the same party or the I, Some, something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. 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 it, it all looks lovely on top for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Just taking a piece of the weed. but you know, no, he, that Dean Clue does explain it quite well. That's really do you, yeah, do you remember that the basis with like the same. Because why you, the why magistrates you can't and the prosecutor the are both paid by, yeah. by the same party, that they right. are in fact the same entity, and because the two of the three items cannot be of the same, by default you, you become the administrator. Right. I'm just wondering if anyone's followed through on that. Uh, I, I noticed in Dean Clifford's latest speeches he doesn't talk about that, and I wonder if that's because... Might have flopped then. Yeah. I wonder if he tried it a few times and it didn't work. But right. I, uh, be, but I don't know. I'd really um, like to see that as a thing as well, like um, mm. a database of what absolutely fucking does not work. Yeah. You know, as it happens, or at least a database of of, of the failures of yeah. the free man movement in particular. I remember there was a good TED talk about that of um, companies that were hiding up, covering up their failures or not speaking about them mm-hmm. in terms of like environmental disasters. No, it was aid organisations. And this guy said that they went over to Africa and they, they built a bunch of wells, like uh, pumps, water pumps, all over these places in Africa and da, da, da. And they come back five years later and they thought they'd done all this awesome work and turns out the pumps were now all faulty and none of them had been maintained and they were useless now. And it had also turned out that he was not the first aid organisation to have done this exact same thing and have the exact same outcome. However, mm. none of the previous aid organisations talked about their failures to, right? yeah. because they, especially with um, charities, because yeah. charities, if they fuck up, I mean, no one's going to donate to them ever again. Mm. Um, but I think perhaps a similar thing with this would be really useful. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, uh, Mark Stevens has a wiki, so... Um, if you go to markstevens.net, you can go onto the wiki. <laughs> he always says that Mark would see on the podcast, but then uh, uh, like the Stevens is ambiguous as well. Anyway, um, <laughs> that's how you find it. Uh, but people are st- people post up audios. There's a, even a couple of Australian audios on there where people have gone into court and recorded it, and and it's a train wreck or it's or it's something interesting happens. <laughs> Yeah, that is pretty. I would like yeah. to. And then I also, I, I mentioned to you the other day. Um, he, Mike Stevens, does that call of shame. So, <laughs> so he he records yeah, what's calls, that all about? which uh, which can be hearings. 
because he he does it on a conference call sometimes. He does a hearing or con- on a conference call, or sometimes it calls to the prosecutor. Like I mentioned, he'll call uh, he'll even call up a, a prosecutor who's in Australia, like in Dandenong or something, and, and uh, start grilling them and asking, uh, well, what facts do you have? To, what facts are you relying on to to establish that this is is applicable? And she's like. Of course, within a minute. <laughs> I'm not going to argue with this. <laughs> I'm not going to argue about this with you. And she sounds like a right fucking bogan. She sounds. That's how you know you're winning, isn't it? <laughs> it comes up to that. <laughs> her, her voice is so great. That it's, it's amusing because she, he's he's got her on the back foot there. Uh, and yeah, he's he's got a lot of those where he calls up IRS agents and and. Uh, all this kind of thing, and they don't know really what to say to him. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we could Sweet. start make like a few calls like that yeah. <laughs> and record them and yeah. play them. Yeah. I'm just checking out the um, the Metro statement about the the uh, why they're not chasing people. And it's like, yeah, there's been an increase. Yeah, I wonder why in, that is. In, uh, violence <laughs> against. Yeah, get a real job. Inspectors. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so, I just like to say I I, I appreciate Inspectors. If there's any out there, I, I love you. And you know, I, <laughs> Bob's views do not represent the entire podcast, even though it is called the Bob. Maybe we get some bumper stickers um, made up. Hug I, I totally a Met Cop. <laughs> Hug a Met Cop. Like uh, Charlie Beach. Hug a Met Cop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can make cop and slip a bag. They actually used to it up on <laughs> in Sydney, in Sydney um, especially. Time, especially in Thailand, with uh, like the, the bars up there, because the girls would be in coots with the cops. So while they're all over yeah. you, they'd slip a little sachet of heroin into your pocket, and then you go outside. Cops bust you, and, and unless you're prepared to bribe them with everything you've got on you, wow. well, you've got possession of heroin, mm. death sentence. So wow. yeah. That was we we got worded yeah. up on that like, you know, big time. Yeah. So don't accept any hugs from strangers. <laughs> <laughs> hey, oh, damn it! That's I my whole hugs. life. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, I'm fucked. Um, <laughs> so here's a there's the three anecdotes on it where uh, several aggressive confrontations between inspectors and passengers reported in recent years. And one is a ticket inspector was kicked in the knee by a train passenger at Albion Railway Station on January 17th this year. Second, Occupy Melbourne protester Rory James reported that he was bitten and spat on by a ticket inspector. Right, so that's at something cross in my yeah. And then right, the last so one. Like- apparently, yeah, yeah, it was reported by Mr. Rory. And in June 2011, a 38-year-old man put three inspectors in hospital after a struggle near Victoria Parade on Brunswick Street where he bit and punched them for asking for his identification. One inspector had a suspected broken jaw, another sustained facial injuries, and a third had a bite wound on his hand, and a fourth said, what a bunch of pussies, couldn't even take one dude. So, there you go. (laughs) Was was that you, Mr. Jerome? (laughs) Anyway, so that's good. So, that's really cool. So, we can run. Now, so... Basically, so now, okay, so I guess the, the deal is now what you do is you like you, you, you don't answer their questions, you walk 
up to the Mikey machine and you scan it right in front of them as they're asking for your thing and then you give them the Mikey card or you present it to them. And if they say, you can't do that, you remain silent and stare <laughs> at them until your stop. And then when you get to your stop, you get off the train and walk gingerly away. And if they try to restrain you, I guess you just shout loudly and go, don't touch me! And then hopefully that'll be enough for them to think you're the 38-year-old man. Or you could, rather than saying nothing at all, you could entertain them with your philosophical views. Yeah. Just start, start, start freestyling, I guess. Or, yeah. or just chanting. Try to get the whole, get the whole carriage uh, chanting. Krishna Rama. Yeah, man. Them Krishnas are absolute lyricists, aren't they? I don't know. All right, well, yeah, is there anything else we want to touch on before we wrap this baby up? Yeah. Um, I had a couple of things. Uh, Bob, before when you mentioned um, understand and, and how that means to you stand under, I, there's another um, way of... Oh, there it is. There's another way of looking at that in your hand. <laughs> um, uh, like, if you say... <laughs> the cash you need If, if I say to you, do we have like an understanding? That means, do we have an agreement? So if you say, do you understand, it's almost like saying, do you agree with me? And I was, uh, I was a bit dubious about this kind of interpretation, but I saw one video, which is very interesting. It's in the United States, and they, they set up these, these border checkpoints, like Nazi Germany, <laughs> like um, 50 miles away from the border. So they're not actually border checkpoints, but that's what they call them. And people get stopped, and they say... Um, are, are you an American citizen? Um, show me some ID. And, and then when they show ID, normally they get led on their way. In this case, uh, the, the, guy, uh, the guy thought he was waved through. Uh, the, the border patrol dude thought that he wasn't waved through and thought that he was waved through to, to the secondary checkpoint. And uh, the, the confrontation goes for about 12 or 15 minutes. And uh, the... the um, the border patrol guy is trying uh, consistently to to get the guy out of the vehicle, and he's saying, "Look, you you know, look, I'll put it real simple. You're going to get out of this vehicle." And uh, of course, the guy the guy keeps asking, uh, "Are you saying that I'm obliged to get out of the vehicle?" And and he goes, "Real simple. I'm telling you to get out of the vehicle." And he's like, "Well, hang on, you haven't answered. Are you saying I'm obliged?" And he says, "Real simple." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he knew, he knew what he was doing because the guy um, uh, eventually the, the patrol guy starts saying listen just agree with me real quick just agree with me real quick he wants the guy to agree to, to being extracted from the car uh, and it's, it's kind of weird to look at it in this interpretation and then eventually um, the, the guy in the car kind of slips up and says Oh yeah, I understand. I, I, I like he's, he's meaning to say I understand. You're just trying to do your job or something like that. But he says, "Well, oh, I understand." Uh, the the border patrol cop says, "Well, if you understand, then you agree with me." He asks him one more time, "Please step out of the vehicle." Then he extracts him from the vehicle with um, with force. So, uh, yeah. And so yeah, there are some, there are some magic words. And again, all part of that trap was mentioned earlier. Words that we use in everyday conversation have totally different yes. definitions in a court of law. Yes. And that's you can trip yourself up. Yes. Those. 
legalese. So, Kurt, again, uh, what's your website? Uh, it's troubleinabubble.com. So I've got a lot of stories. It's like it's like 130,000 words of stories and, and crazy tales from from my previous exploits on this. And there's like four. There's a, there's a book you can download and yeah, heaps, heaps of stories. So people say to me, "Ah, oh, Kurt, you're such a bastard." I'm like, why is that? Because uh, I, I started looking at your website at 10 a.m. on Sunday, and I didn't stop till 10 p.m. that night. <laughs> so it's so. engaging. <laughs> yeah. Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> <laughs> so we really yeah, it's, it's good. good. I, I, I really like Kurt's it. website. <laughs> <laughs> just going to wipe that's out what, a day. That's what I say. Keep your mind pure. <laughs> don't, don't, do don't visit trouble in a bubble. Yeah, that's what I say. Keep your you. mind pure. Don't, don't visit trouble in we a sh- bubble. We should put like, <laughs> just the warning signs, like a ciggy packet. And forward those... Letters, yeah, so you can all yeah. Have a, yeah. I'll go through. I'll read, read act them a little bit, and uh, but I've still got most of them on, on my computer. So, and and just before we wrap it up, um, if anyone's listening to this and they get the idea that what we're suggesting is, you know, that we want to see a full enactment of this kind of free man ideology, like, oh, I'd like to hear your perspective on this, but I know personally. Um, I'm more interested in what's available to me and and rather than I'm not super interested right now in, in some sort of legal revolution where I'm I'm the kind of champion or martyr that somehow overthrows us and we all turn into this sort of more anarchistic sovereign nation. I just want to know what power revolution I have right now. I don't want to play that role either, but if I have certain rights that I've been not denied but just tucked under the carpet and yeah. I can have an additional freedom to enjoy, I would like to know about it. That's pretty much where I'm at. Mm. Yeah. It, it would be nice to know that we mm. could maybe... I don't yeah, know, like even if I wanted or, to set up a card room and, and play poker, yeah, if we were to get not have the authorities bust me because I'm competing with Crown or something, um, that would be cool. Yeah. And, and, and things like, obviously, getting free public transport would be rad. And um, parking fines, like parking fines, in, especially around Brunswick and Brunswick Street and that kind of thing, would be nice to just ignore that entirely. Um, You've got the time. I haven't had the time to do this, but um, I've been uh, following up in preparation for my alleged failure to vote mm-hmm. at the last local election that uh, local government are not actually authorised to issue fines. Yeah. Um, if you've got a, the time to look the into that and maybe you could send us some feedback on that ourselves but uh, there's something else to look into as well and that's a really good point I want to put the, the word out to any lawyers uh, any sovereign free man type people and any yeah. police officers if anyone knows a cool cop um, who would be willing to anonymously speak to us and discuss these kind of things. Um, that'd be great because, again, like I have no interest in in. I mean, that they, they act on the education exactly. that they receive. Yeah. Yeah. So if they're being yeah. told yeah. one thing, but and I was like in the navy, you know, I was indoctrinated into a system, and I was a firm believer in that system until I sort of realised myself that that wasn't the case. And uh, likewise, not, not all per- people in the defence force are, you know, that part of that machine. So yeah, likewise, mm. like-minded cops, free thinking. Free thinking cops. Mm. Yeah. Get in touch. 
and and it would be it'd be nice to be able to get through these processes and, and assert these rights while still smiling and having the policeman walk away feeling okay about it too you know like it, like I, I that's always been my dream i've been trying to i've been imagining and visualizing situations in which i didn't get you know phone booked um and the cops left the situation not getting exactly what they wanted but maybe kind of laughing at least when they walked the away. Yeah. 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 Make turn it into a little show for them, a little moment or something. But I mean, obviously they're going to be a little bit annoyed if I'm they interesting can't also you, again here from the cops. Now, do they have some sort of KPI where they're required to make X amount of busts or fines oh, yeah, or, or something? Like that. That'd be interesting. I know they made well. a release for the tram cops. They said they don't have a. I know quota. they made a release for the tram. Um, but I, yeah, I, I, I wonder about that too because they probably say they, they don't have yeah, a quota, I, I but they never said too, they, they don't have commission. So I was like, hmm, well, is there something else? I mean, like, <laughs> in, you can have KPIs in a job without having any form of commission. You just need to keep, you've got to meet your KPIs to keep your job. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I mean, well, they said they didn't have a quota, so they didn't have, implying that they don't, that their KPIs aren't how many people they bust. That was what. Yeah, I was just distinguishing that from actual yeah. commission. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, med cops, real cops, renter cops. <laughs> if you got a, if you like a hug, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> get in touch. <laughs> That's awesome. Free. Well, free hugs are free hugs anyway around the, on the streets. But we give particularly good hugs. And I've got a, I've got a jumper. It's an alpaca jumper, and it's been commented on a few times. That it's particularly lovely to hug, uh, to be the hug recipient of me wearing that or whatever. So yeah, if you if you do come on our podcast, we promise you'll get a good hug, and um, and yeah, maybe some. I'll, I'll make some. There is an art to <laughs> hugging, and if you're not in on that, you will be. <laughs> um, and just just quickly before we wrap 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 it up, um, what do you think? At the moment, are there any benefits to walking this at the moment, or do you think the consequences kind of outweigh it? Like yeah, yeah. Well, when sort, when I I got into it, I was like, this is so novel. I I love novel things, things that are very different to what I've heard, and uh, of course, it's with uh, with looking into anything, it's going to experience some degree of pain. Now, <laughs> with the you know with the pressure of being in court and everything, the threats of, and maybe violence. Who knows what's going to happen? Uh, I I don't really at this point for me. I don't know how uh, if I'm going to go much further with it. Um, but I think uh, with the court thing, I think uh, after you go to court one or two times, you probably start to relax a bit, and it's uh, it's not so bad. Um, with the, like, I've got another alleged, uh, fail to vote (laughs) notice as well. I think I'll probably write them another couple of letters. Um, if, um, if you can, if we can figure out a way to stop these people stealing from us, I think it would be pretty cool. Uh, but as the, the movement is at the moment, it's a, it's kind of a long way off. It, it, it takes a pioneering spirit to want to do this. If you're you know, sort of right down straight um, 
been to authority, watch the six o'clock news. Um, <laughs> this is probably not the path that you'd want to take because you, once you step up, step on this ground, then you know, you're outside of conventional means. So, but if you're a pioneer or and you've got that pioneer spirit, I can go for it. Yeah, but it's it's interesting too. Like when you're saying, uh, once you once you start to look at these things, you'll probably not look at the law the same way again. You'll you'll look you'll recognize things. Like I remember looking at at ads and it's saying if you put rubbish in the in the, a public rubbish bin from your own home, you're committing a crime. <laughs> I'm like, no, that's actually you're not doing anything wrong there you haven't hurt anybody and they're saying that you're going to get fined five hundred dollars it's you're gonna you have to see this thing uh, uh these kind of things a bit differently you see them as more as threats to to try to keep you in line rather than um something to maintain order in society and that's what they are yeah cool well on that note peace out Cool. Well, on that note, Peace out. yeah. Thank you. Deuces. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Kurt, Mr. Zoo, Mr. Churd, and uh, thank you, Bob, for another excellent, entertaining extravaganza of a Bobcast. Go. Go. <laughs> Cheers, guys. I knew a man who got ill, he went to the doctor They did some tests and then they rang back after They told him that his was a very strange instance And never before have we seen such symptoms Everything was normal, except to their surprise They found two hot flames in the pupils of his eyes The heat generated by the fire was immense And they wondered how it burnt without it melting the lens They sent him to the hospital to fix up the singes Plugged him up with tubes and then injected with syringes they did the operation but something didn't work He awoke completely blind but the fires still burn He couldn't see the world and he writhed in pain Because all he could feel was the heat of the flames Rising internal demons, a picture of rest When the guilt within becomes fear manifest Fear manifest Fear manifest Cemeteries of brains not able to confront He just had to feel the flame hot Scolding at the past scorch fields and hot magma Congealing in the socket with the cross of stigmata They hear after He starts to hear voices from the victims of his anger And the victims of his choices Shapes in the heat came out shouts revenge Never in his life had he had to confront them They screamed in his face until he felt the utter hatred The doctors held him down and made him heavily sedated The drugs took effect It was the acid burning in my brain as ice The smooth operator with the double six dice What was the point? Not love, hot buzz 
petrol from the tank lots just like a bus does The best buzz from bees to hit the central Riff block shift in the Aztec temple Enter go stage right pause for the applause Drain wine for your friends plus drink from the pain glass Feel the touch of the red hot fire Stoke a tote brain brush dope smothered in the ochre rope Join the festive fester of the mess hits Escher S kicks fix spots on the guest list who, who, who is next to get a hit to the eye bits Rhyme fit the time rips chime and the clock ticks I predict that if you get sick Your phone has the number call 666 Quick time for the high trees Climb with the vine leaves Time moves deeper than the heat Seek a rhyme tease Mind cheese spread Find a fine wine leaves Red tone home to points Bone joints in the fleas head He said, she said Season of the seabed Bed floor on the raw tip with the beef lip Beats fed, big fat, a big rap You dig that, repeat the what, that The what, what, the bear rap Scared back, vision lost Bed in the night moss Phosphorescent tap turn burned at the fire cross Lost in vortexes with vacuum suck hexes Exhumed beast with press folded cold heat nexus The self I now present to you a recording titled I'm mean to girls and shit. This recording is a vital necessity in every home in this country because it condenses down to just a few minutes the basic facts of sex, the sex relationship, sex, sex and sex and sex. This record is the uttermost practical value to all men and women alike today and as tension builds up they are what people call perverts. Lonely housewives account for 83% of cases detected of sex. Sex brings money to those few. Now a word as far as intercourse is concerned, people of past years were generally firm believers in the rod. They glorified in its use, and they believed that there was only one part of the anatomy to which it should be applied. If you have any problems with sex amongst the small children, see a doctor, but particularly a doctor who specializes in psychology and these matters. These perversions or troubles cannot be treated 
just like a few pimples on your face. And now, in bringing this recording to a close. Yo, has anyone got Mario's phone number? This is underground shit, I need to call a plumber. You battle cats are too slow to know what I've done in rap. I'll get a tailor to custom fit your dunce's cap. I'm not pointy headed, but I'm sharp as hell. So I'm so smart, I'm sometimes I outsmart myself. Spitting the lyrics explicit without gimmicks. They're quick enough for you to miss it if you don't listen. Defining the limits of the rhyming sickness. Freestyle in your district for 900 minutes. But that's strictly business. Rhyme a marathon. Racing Benho chariots with spikes to shadow axles off. Rhymes tighter than the thighs of Lara Croft. Just name the battlefield you wanna get snapped upon. I drop a lot, made the crowd jump like hopscotch. Top notch words stolen from Shakespeare monologues. I'm better than that though. I'm hotter than a suicide girl with a cyanide capsule My voice is massive, fill the air when I blow Call air traffic control, get permission to flow So ask around, where's my next show gonna be? If it's not written on the wall, it's scrawled in a train seat I embellish poeticize and rhyme Sometimes I verbalize just to prove I'm alive It's a shirt zoo, and there's no damn escape I got your soul in the recording and increase the sample rate Subliminal messages backmasked on pig noise To raise up your IQ, about six points in a freestyle I'm all about rocking joints Rappers say I'm on fire when I think I'm off point Nowadays people stare at the zoo more I use talking here on a street corner in New York I'm too raw I'm in true form So MCs get uptight like they had blue balls You can't compare the cliffhanger stuff we get I'm like gum in a cinema Keeps you on your seat edge It's sure zoo craziest when you see me play Up on stage or on tin radio Thanks DJ Rapping on when I'm in the battle son The way I make moves you could call me Kasparov Just show you how you spit it For six minutes crowd probably rocking Heads probably nodding Yo has anyone got Mario's phone number? Cause this is some underground shit I need to call the plumber Sorted out, it sort of is, but not, it's just a concept that we hold with 
without emotions we are nothing but animated flesh and guts moving on the time call ingest the life falls or begets fluorolite absorbs photosynthesis synthetic strands of plants mutate the space incubus fish from the reefs get short-lived relief checks pain waves the way stained glass master broken it tokens of the future seen tainted by the horror scene screams from the dark lord type within the quarantine people work for cash and spend the lot in pot and beer or drugs we crush the bugs under feet rumble of the thunder heat wake up and sniff the petrol fumes from the overload overdosed host of the drug infested motor coast lines of the jungle strengthen the muscle tissue sunglass eyes to avoid the main issue void of the intellect and indirect circumference something isn't right with the night stalker hunters carnivore urges in the bones seem stronger when you need shelter fast but the world takes longer burst of the heart juice boost the compression oscillating wave of human dreams and distortion abortion of the fact leaves the never asked question weather change drains water pools and extortion thought exhaustion extra boost for the autumn spine cracks release charged volts of endorphins planets in the universe circle into space dust chunks the large rock sunk deep into black mask burning of the sun core galaxies and milky ways shine in the sky for the eyes in your vertebrae water is the life force drink from a chalice kings sit poured in the gore bone palace symbols of the ages written in the pages the world's getting old maybe in the final stages victim of the rage inflicting heat from the ages the can i record some love through the microphone two fat ladies 88 <laughs> one two three four five six seven place a heart sits up the sound like heaven <laughs> sure um, okay, so in that big butch uh, authoritarian voice, you know. I <laughs> oh, know. Listen, all right, my listen to me, bitches. Voice. That that voice. <laughs> listen up, bitches. This is <laughs> this is what I have to say about Javier's corpus. <laughs> okay. <laughs>